0: And, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Why did it go back to volume back on? Oh, because it auto-determined that I'm at home and said, volume, let's turn the volume back on. Right, hold on. I'm going to tell it to turn off the auto-detection. That was classic. God wow. fucking damn it. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Radio Geek Nintendo, who's probably going to leave all that shit in just to embarrass me. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I am your host, James Jones, which is weird because it's Radio Geek Nintendo. Joining me today is the uh, the most integral part of Radio Geek Nintendo, Mr. John Lindemann.
1: It's a pleasure to gee here.
0: <laughs> I have many regrets in life. This is now on the list, and there's risk that it will continue to climb, Greg Leahy.
2: No oh, hoy hoy everyone.
0: Thank you, Greg. I appreciate your steadfast determination to use your introduction.
2: Keep calm and carry on. <laughs> Stiff upper lip.
1: God All damn that. it. Cheerio.
0: Moving rapidly on to someone who may have some tangential relation to the Radio Gee Nintendo moniker, Mr. Guillaume Vayette.
1: Yeah,
3: I want to announce my new spin-off, Connectivity. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's, uh, it's our first time back in a couple weeks for the whole team, and we all made it to, to, uh, to new business, and we understand where time zones are in the world. So, everybody's everybody's in a good place this week. And we have got a ton of Zelda impressions. Um, Greg, of course, had beaten it last week. Uh, John and I have since beaten it, because um, their last appearance, and Guillaume is still working his way through. Mm-hmm. We're going to save Zelda talk to the end. Uh, not because, you know, it's not important. It's super important but just so if you're really concerned about Zelda stuff you can you can drop out and by the end I mean by the end of this segment we have listener mail afterwards so instead we're going to talk about new releases around the board everybody's got a game that came out at least this version of the game that came out in the last 3 weeks it's kind of amazing and i'm going to kick us off because i have as i alluded to a few weeks ago acquired shovel knight treasure trove for the switch um, I got this on my Mexican Switch account because of the pricing error, and uh, once I got through Zelda, I wanted to play something that's a little bit less um, focused on long play sessions and exploration, something that's a little bit more action-y. So I proceeded to go through and play the first Shovel Knight, the original Shovel Knight release. I don't remember what they call it now, Shovel of Fate or something like that?
2: Hope, I believe. Just think, you know. Shovel of Hope? It's the yeah. first one, the first Star Wars movie that was released is
0: uh think there we know. go yeah, like uh, now granted i have this on my wii u and i will get specter of torment on my wii u when it comes out there but having it on the switch i thought is probably worth it especially at the impromptu sale so i um i my concern and the reason i wanted to play shovel knight first is i remember when uh plague knights one came out that it is harder in, in a bunch of ways, but not least of which because the game is built for Shovel Knight. And Plague Knight is sort of a, an inelegant um, solution to solving the game. Of course, the levels are tweaked to account for his abilities, but he is a different thing. His platforming is different, and the gameplay's kind of core mechanics are still really built around Shovel Knight. So, you know, getting used to the Switch controller getting used to not having a proper D-pad because I still don't have a, a classic controller pro. Excuse me, a controller pro. It's not classic anymore. Um, so I'm playing with the, either the joystick or the four face buttons on the left Joy-Con. Uh, I started using the left the left buttons. Um, and weirdly, whereas Zelda was almost entirely a TV-based game, um, I would basically only take it off when I was grinding for rupees in a certain minigame that I was able to get perfect score on every time. Or when I was just hunting for shrines. Um, the, this game very quickly found its way off of my TV and into the Switch in portable mode. So I spent a lot of time with this thing in my hands with the, with the two Joy Cons docked. And what I found is that it took some getting used to, but the four face buttons as a D pad works better than the joystick. The biggest issue I have with it is that it's kind of uncomfortable after prolonged play sessions. Because with Shovel Knight, you'll find a lot of times you're moving your your thumb, you're sliding your thumb along the D-pad to get to different directions. Because maybe you're, you're moving right, and then you're turning it into a down stomp or whatever. So you're, you're, you know, you're sliding your finger over the D-pad. A D-pad, that's fine because, of course, it's solid. Um, with the buttons, of course, there's gaps. So your finger's kind of moving in and out of gaps and going over sharp sharper edges. Um, you're pressing down hard on buttons versus a pad. And it could just kind of dig into your finger a little bit. So it's it's not a great D-pad replacement. Um, But certainly in terms of fidelity and playing the game, it's totally serviceable. And so I went through almost all of the first Shovel Knight. I got to the tower at the end and was kind of getting frustrated with it because it's hard. Like the very end of that game is quite difficult. So I said, screw it. I got this thing to play Specter Knight. I'm going to play Specter Knight. And I went and I beat Specter Knight in about two hours in about two sittings. And here's the difference. So Shovel Knight, of course, is a relatively straightforward platformer. Um, You know, it borrows from lots of different influences. uh, But, you know, he jumps over gaps. He doesn't, like, climb walls or anything. He can bounce kind of ducktail style. But he's a relatively straightforward character to control. Plague Knight, of course, is very weird to control. Because Plague Knight, basically, you you basically bomb jump, a rocket jump a lot of times by throwing potions down and bouncing yourself in the air. Um, so there's a lot of mechanics in having Plague Knight jump. Uh, Specter Knight, who is, as the name would imply, kind of a Grim Reaper character. Um, he's got a big scythe, he floats around, He's has kind of an ethereal body, he's a skeleton in, in a cloak, basically. Um, is, is similarly kind of a unique uh, mechanical in how he moves. Um, he can he can short climb up walls. He can wall jumps. He can bounce between walls. He can, he, if he jumps to a wall or most walls, he'll climb up it for about six steps and then he'll either fall or if you tap, he'll jump to the next surface. Kind of opposite Mario style. Um, he also gains the ability to... Actually, he has the ability from the beginning to um, sort of beeline to a close enemy. So if he's in the air and there's an enemy, say, within his body's length, if you press attack, He'll essentially shoot through that enemy and attack it. But he he does that at a diagonal. So if you're above him, above the enemy, he'll go down and through the enemy. So if you're to the left of it, you go down and to the left, down to the to the right. If you're above it, you go if you're above it, you go down. If you're below it, you go up, because he's going diagonal. Um, and a lot of the puzzles are predicated around slashing through an enemy to go higher. So you have to wait till you've fallen past the enemy. And then press the button. So there's a lot of timing in that. If you do it too soon, you'll just get rocketed into the pit and you'll die. Um, what I've found is that this feels really not great. I mean, it's fine, but it's it's there's a lot of just like, okay, I have to wait for this fall. And there are rooms where once you kill the enemies, there's no coming back. Like, if you screwed up that jump, even if you can save yourself, you're not going to be able to complete it. Um, and, of course, with this game's kind of you know reclaim your lost gold... Over Gap, sometimes it's just not possible. So, I didn't really enjoy controlling him as much as I enjoyed controlling Shovel Knight. He plays he plays well enough. It plays a little faster. Um, and later he gains powers to like teleport to the nearest enemy no matter where they are. Through walls and whatever. And just kill them. And that really changes how his locomotion works. But of course that's rated by your SP. But he just... I'm just not totally in love with, like, the partial wall climb um, or with the the whole mechanic of the diagonal movement through enemies. It works. It's fine. And certainly I beat the game in a couple sittings, so obviously I was having fun with it. But it feels a little bit more exacting, but not in not in necessarily the best way. Uh, the game still feels good. It still controls well. It's just maybe his mechanics are a little bit... Meh. Um... Uh, I would say in terms of just raw mechanical, like how enjoyable and how and how approachable it is, it's probably Shovel Knight, Specter Knight, and then the least approachable is Plague Knight because of the, the different complexities of using the, the potions to, to give himself extra jumps. But in terms of how much I enjoyed it, Shovel Knight's amazing. The mm. first Shovel Knight release on its own, if that were the full game that ever came out, is an amazing game. Um, I really, really enjoyed Plague Knight. Not so much because of how it controls, although I got good at it and I had fun with it. Um, I just enjoyed what they did with the Plague Knight character and the world and how there's this weird parallel story running alongside Shovel Knight where Plague Knight's motivated by the fact that he's short and, is, and has a thing for his assistant. And he's self-conscious about being short. That's basically what his entire motivation to kill a bunch of knights is. Um... Specter Knights is is much more kind of a somber thing. It's less funny. It's less. It's less. I don't want to use the word heartwarming, but it's less like empathetic. You know, you don't you don't like want to see him succeed. He he's he's motivated by loss, so he's not like there is empathy there, but he's just not as interesting a character as Plague Knight. Um, and he doesn't control quite as well as Shovel Knight. And and we've started to see what this game can do. This is the third release. This is the. This was the fifth or sixth time I've played through this game or variants of this game. And so the charm of of the first playthrough isn't quite there anymore. Um, But it's still really good. Like I say these things, but it's a really enjoyable, albeit relatively short, adventure. Um, They got rid of the overworld. So essentially you just pick the – there's a – in Shovel Knight and Plague Knight, there's the town. And you can walk around the town and talk to people there. And there's shops and stuff. Basically, that's your route. That's your route. Um, and from there you just say, I want to go to this dungeon. There's no like Mario Three style overworld map that you can walk around. Yes. Uh, which means there's no events happening on the map either. Sometimes sometimes an event will happen in that in that stage select screen, but it's all scripted. It's like, oh, this you've killed three knights or you've beaten three knights. It's time for your event. Um, so like the ones that would patrol the map in Shovel Knight, like they'll just show up and you have to fight them then then there on the spot. Um, I didn't find that. Finding the hidden items was very was very difficult. And in fact, I only bought one the entire game, um, and very easily could have found it. I just didn't have the money. Um, and the powers are okay, uh, really, because he is play. Plague- he is uh, he's dead. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of health, although you can upgrade it. So, like the most useful power is the one that just heals you. There's there's a healing power. I just use that a lot. Uh, but. Like I said, it is a good game. It's fun, and I enjoyed it. And having the ability to take it like into my study and sit in the recliner in my study and play it or play it during like the NCAA tournament and just have it TV have games on and just cranking them out on the Switch was really enjoyable. And it's weird because I could have done that on the Wii U, obviously. Um, because a lot of times I was playing it in reach of the Wii U's base station. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Yeah, um, well, and the I, form
1: factor is way better.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. I don't have any issue holding this game in my hands. And it looks great up Switch's screen. It looks amazing. Um, and I, you know, I've since actually gone and, and de- dealt with Plague Knight, too. Like, I just went through the game. Um, and I've had a really good time playing this game. So, like, of all the things I said, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's just this, and there's this other thing, and... The, char- the story is not nearly as enjoyable, and the character is not as empathetic, and the controls are fine, but I'm just not really digging them. Um, like there's a there's a weird like Mega Man Zero-y vibe to it, but it didn't quite nail the the freneticness. because he's not he's not fast like Mega Man Zero. Uh, like it feels like it should be faster. I think that was my biggest issue with it. But the platforming would be maniacal if the game was faster.
1: Um, I mean, you're like, really it, coming at it from the standpoint of someone who's played it multiple times.
0: Yeah, like, at this point, it's a a question of, like, I I enjoy this game a lot. Here are things that I think could have been better.
1: Yeah, like, Um, you can, I mean, for you, you know the game so intimately at this point that you can see the chinks in the armor, whereas probably somebody that just picked it up cold out of the gate would be like, wow, this is absolutely... Incredible. And,
0: and of course, they do remix the levels. But Well, gonna yeah, put... I
2: was going to ask about that because this was sort of advertised as being more substantially different in terms of level layouts and bosses uh, than Plague Knight was. Um, so, yeah, I was wondering how, you know, as someone who is pretty damn familiar with the game at this point, how much did the differences stick out or seem like they were well tailored to Spectre Knight's moveset and all that kind of so... stuff?
0: A lot of them come down to you know Shovel Knight could bounce on bubbles, and that was sort of like their cheating shorthand for dealing with gaps. They just put bubbles that would respawn. Uh, for Specter Knight, it's just these things that he can use his like diagonal slash through that just hang on the stage. You can just slash through them. Um, uh, the stages are remixed, but playing them literally back to back, like literally going from one <laughs> yeah, you can't, you and can't then get switching. A more
2: direct comparison, really. So uh,
0: there are quite a few rooms where I'm like, oh, it's this room again. Um, like I did, I did, so the last dungeon I did in Shovel Knight before I jumped and went to the other one was, um, I want to say it was the airship, and then that was like the first dungeon I did on the other side, so like, (laughs) like back to back, um, and they're pretty similar, like the stages are remixed, but um, the bosses are more significantly different, um, not all of them, um. Tinker, like Tinker Knights is is different but more so in that the state what he does to the stage the actual boss is very much the same um, but the thing is because Specter Knight has you know a lot of the bosses you could bounce on them as shovel Knight and just take them out but with Specter Knight because he has that slash and because you can actually turn on the top of the arc and still be in position to be close enough to hit, if you hit attack slash again, the bosses are jokes. Even the final boss is a joke. Um, you know, the only reason I wasn't able to just chain slash through the last appearance of uh, Black Knight is because he has invincibility frames occasionally. Otherwise, like I probably would have gotten him without ever having stopped attacking him. He is very substantially different. Weirdly, like they made a lot of changes to him, and the the putzes that you run into on the stage are different. Um, you know, like the the the. Uh, the uh, backer bonus bosses. That's what they all are. Like like the Baz is a, is a backer bonus boss. Um, so they're very different. The bosses are different, but I felt like Specter Knight in terms of one-to-one combat is so kind of uniquely tailored to it that fighting a bunch of enemies kind of sucks because he's like, oh man, I gotta... he doesn't have a lot of health, he can take damage. But fighting the bosses is brain-dead simple. Um, I don't know that I lost on any of the bosses ever, including the phase where it's just it's you just crank them out, you just rip through them. Um, in, in you know playing through the boss rush on Shovel Knight after I finished Specter Knight because that was where I was in the game, um, I was having more difficulty with with them there than I did with like the last boss of the the Specter Knight game, uh, but. You know, it is. It is from a story standpoint. It is a prequel. It gives you a little bit of more information about the order. It's kind of. It's kind of. I mean, it's it's well made and it tells it tells a story it's effectively. I just didn't like the character, um, and you know, because of that, because it feels a little too melodrama y. It doesn't quite fit with that game. And there is melodrama in Shovel Knight, but it's kind of, it's kind of stupid melodrama. This one's trying to be more serious about it. Um, it's just yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it's good, and I would definitely recommend. If you've never played Shovel Knight at all, like you have no Shovel Knight experience, for the love of God, go buy Treasure Trove. It even, even at its now higher price, that is a great deal. And on the Switch, even though you have to deal with the stupid no D pad and God, I wish that thing had a D pad. Um, and if they ever make the, the left Joy-Con with a D pad, man, Spectre Knight's gonna like Shovel Knight is, that is its home platform. That is the best platform that it will ever be on. Um, but, you know, even even using the face buttons, it's fine. It's a great portable game. Like, I, I didn't realize how great a portable game that is. Uh, and it's awesome. And this is an awesome value. If you have played it, and you're saying, like, well, I could wait for Specter Knight to come out on the platform I have Shovel Knight on, or I could just buy it now, eh, I would say wait. Um... But if you just want to have Shovel Knight on the Switch, it's totally worth it. It's it's a great thing to have with you on the Switch. And it's an awesome, just like, take it away from the TV or use TV for something else and just kill two or three minutes because the stages are pretty short. And you get, at this point, you're getting so much game in the Treasure Trove bundle that it's kind of insane. Um, in, ter- in terms of the actual, just, if you were to just buy Specter Knight, because you can buy it separately now, I-, I would say it's it's the last one I would buy. Of the three. So, it's it's really good. I had a great time with it. Um, and of all the bad... Even though I said all these things that are negative... Just keep in mind, it's still... Even though I think it's of the three, it's the one I least enjoyed. It's still really good. And if this was a game that launched on its own, I would still be all in on it. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: you've, you've said yourself you've played through this six times, which is says something.
0: Right, i played through Shovel Knight two or three times each and grinded for feats. I've played through... Plague Knight now two times, and I have played through this once,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I probably will play through this again at some point, or I'll grind feats out on. But man, like it's this is a re- this is a re- really amazing game, Shovel Knight collectively. Um, to the fact that this one maybe isn't quite my favorite, you know, whatever it's 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 all relative. So. John and Greg, you both have been playing the same game. I'm gonna let Greg kick us off on it, though, if that's okay.
1: That's fine with me.
2: Yeah. So uh, again, the other kind of retro-style game that um, you know of uh, hits, which early was Blaster Master Zero. Um, I talked about you know being this being the kind of. Um, the take a break from Zelda game uh, after hmm. seeing the credits on that uh, and that is what I did but um, it didn't end up being the purchase decision in terms of uh, Switch or 3DS it wasn't as straightforward as I originally thought for a number of reasons um, so I, you know it, it, once it had been out for a little while I, I, I thought you know having been caught up with Zelda, but the the upside is now there's some information out there about the two versions to get the sort of uh, full picture about what's different. And so there was a few things straight away which were kind of disappointing to me about the 3DS version. Learning about it, first of all, no stereoscopic 3D, mm. um, which is a shame because this game has some some nice parallax work in it that mm. you know would have been drawn out further by the the 3d effect so um that that was a little bit of a disappointment more kind of uh, baffling i would say is the fact that the second screen is basically not used at all for anything useful um you could have been as is been the case uh, with these sorts of you know, somewhat metroid like games on DS, 3DS for you know more than a decade now. Yeah, uh, you could have had the map there, which which would have been this nice is, to yeah. have. Uh, but no, there is that. No, the map is not put on the bottom screen. The only thing that is on the touch screen is uh, a, a little message a that horn? says t- "Touch to Menu." I think is literally. What <laughs> 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 so, yeah, but it's, it's no different from pressing the start button. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, I thought bloody hell! That's baffling them. Have they purposefully, yeah, crowbot, wrench this stuff out to to kind of push people towards the Switch version, which right. you know, of course, does not have three D or two screens or any of that sort of thing. I was well, like, this is uh, really odd. And then the uh, finally. Apparently, the 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 I've learned this through the uh, the Digital Foundry people, uh, you know, coming out of Eurogamer, is that uh, while the Switch version is 60 frames, the uh, the 3DS version is locked at 30, mm. um, uh, which apparently is also true of Azure Striker gun Gunvolt. Uh, those games I've not played those by also by Inti Creates, but of course they are you know more sophisticated looking. You know this is going for a more and classic. they're 3D. Yeah, so this going for a, yeah that's that's true as, as well. So these are yeah Blaster Master Zero is going for a more of a classic look, kind of a you know 8-bit plus. Kind of look, yeah. Sometimes very plus, sometimes less. You know, it's got to be trying to be faithful to the aesthetic of the original, while of course being, you know, much more detailed and occasionally much prettier. Um, you know, with some of the sprite work and stuff. But uh, those, I thought, well, I don't know. Maybe I will get the Switch version now. Uh, mm. You know, even with the D-pad stuff, I'm not. You know, maybe I'll just use it as a test case to see how much I can get on with this. Uh, you know, separate buttons function. In as a D pad business, but then (laughs) there was something I didn't know about the Switch version, (laughs) uh, which is also interesting. So, you might be aware that the Switch, uh, as a portable, displays uh, 720, right, Mm. and then it's 1080 when it's docked. Now, the original resolution for Blaster Master Zero being a 3DS game is uh, 400 by 240. Now, 240 is easy. Times three to get to 720, but it is not an integer. You know, for it to go to 1080, and it's so not. you would think, oh well, then if in terms of upscaling, it'll probably look better on the portable screen, uh, and maybe you know there might be an issue. Uh, when it's docked, because I, I, I've know Francis Faldis talked about this. It you know, some of the work that he's done with the Mega Man Legacy Collection and just the old games, kind of in general stuff. Where you know the problem you have with this when you have a non-integer scaling situation is sometimes you see it where you know, like uh, each uh, each like fourth pixel ends up being outsized, and it screws with the width of things. So, Mm. you know, it creates these sort of artifacts that uh, deform the art. So, you know, but with the 720, it should just be, well, what was a pixel in the 3DS kind of original art is now just a 3 by 3 block of pixels, Um, you know, and that should be fine. It shouldn't be stretched out or anything like that. But for some reason, apparently, what they basically did is have it be the primary sort of look for it is actually the 1080 look, which does have scaling problems that stretch it out. And then it kind of gets squished back down to 720 from that. So retaining the sort of deformed proportions from the 1080 version, (laughs) even when you play it on handheld.
0: So I want to go ahead and just let Inti Creates know that we're listening. We know that, you know... All of this stuff that's happened in the last few years with these Kickstarter programs has probably hurt you, but you need to stop.
2: It, it, so I, I've I've kind of felt bloody. This is this is a bit baffling. Uh, you know, I, mean, I certainly hope that um, God damn it. this is not the sort of thing that's going to continue with with retro games, uh, you know, retro style games. Obviously, this is a new game. Um, you know, because it's one of the things that's been talked about in terms of perspective, NES virtual console. They actually could scale up quite nicely in the portable mode. Um, hopefully, you know, this is not a sort of problem that we're going to see repeated where like the The sort of some sort of emphasis on the docked mode is is compromising the whole thing. Now, to be honest with my bloody eyesight, I'd be surprised if I could even notice. But (laughs) in the end, end, they just said, I'm going to go with my original instinct, they're going to go with the D pad and have something to play when the switch is charging, but I'm not going to use the TV. (laughs) That's it. Was that simple? All of that, you know, convoluted mess of technical stuff. That was pretty much the decision in the end.
0: I would expect that the that Nintendo is I mean I would say this but the Wii virtual console had some real some real shit. I would hope that they are coming up with a solution where the virtual console games know what they are and it, it's adapted accordingly. Um so it, there's just different display stuff happening depending on what your resolution is. But given the the weird filter on top of all the Wii U Virtual Console stuff, who knows? Yeah, be... I mean,
2: I get, at least the the NES, the classic Mini thing, kind of yeah. shows uh, an acknowledgement of the importance of having it, your know, original resolution where you're not scaling it in some way where you're going to end up stretching things out of proportion. You lose that kind of sharp, uh, you know, look that, that you'd like to see from from old games on new displays um, but you know looking at this on 3ds now it's, it's not as smooth as you'd kind of expect a game that looks like this um, you know to, to look because of that that frame rate um, but not being you know as smooth as perhaps you'd expect but um you know, it still looks pretty nice on the small screen and you know the the kind of the vibe and everything that comes across as intended um, you know that kind of uh, channel in the original game but uh, you know certainly being a hell of a lot better than it actually looked maybe looking more like you vaguely remember it looked like if you played it as a child or something um, but oh but you know the big thing is it, it, the frame rate never dips or anything so in terms of gameplay it's not like a, a, a problem um, mm. you know it, it, it's it's solid where it is it's just not as smooth as it would be on switch that's the big upside of the switch version
0: is there anything in the game that is is maybe more sophisticated like that that maybe if it was 60 the 3DS could have had whoa moments with it
2: I'm struggling I'm, to see anything but I am you know pretty much totally uneducated on such things um so I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't like to guess
0: Okay, I was wondering if maybe there was just like one or two things and they just said, no, we want to be stable all the way through. That that
2: is probably it. I just couldn't pin down like particular sections which which would suggest that they might have been the culprits. Um, Yeah, but uh, in terms of playing the game itself... Very nice sort of uh, temporary palate cleanser uh, after Zelda uh, because I haven't stopped playing Zelda
0: (laughs) by any means.
2: But I kind of took a break from it for a few days and and ran through this pretty fast. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I really quite enjoyed it. Um, Like I said, I played Blaster Master in its Japanese Famicom incarnation before, so I have some uh, familiarity with it. Certainly this is, you know, the parallels have been drawn with the Zero mission. Kind of treatment, and um, that's understandable. I would say this is closer to the source material than Zero Mission did. It does. Um, but it does do a lot of the same things for the game in terms of updating the look and tightening the controls. I mean, you it's know, also a lot
1: easier. Oh, and they, yes. And they have and Zero save Mission points. was
2: famously pretty easy on normal, anyway. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with Blaster Master Zero, you actually do have save points, whereas the original Blaster Master had none whatsoever. Um, the map also helps a lot, figuring out where you need to go. There's kind of optional bosses in there. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, I, I got the Switch version and I like it. It's really, really good. Um, I like the fact that, I mean, it, it is very close to the original game in the sense that, I mean, I pretty much knew exactly where to go for everything because it's that, the layout is that close. Um, is, is that a
0: good thing or a bad thing?
1: I like it. I like it because, yeah. Um, because I I, I don't know. Uh, I just like the fact that it feels like the original game it literally is the original game kind of updated and I'm totally fine with that because I like playing it on the Switch hardware more um, and it, it's just it the best way I can describe it is that it's giving me exactly what I want the way I want it. I don't necessarily okay. want a reboot. I don't need a reboot of every single game but if somebody wants to remake a game that I really like and hue very close to the original game that's totally cool.
0: What if it was gritty reboot
1: i think it does iron
2: out some of the rough edges you know mm-hmm. quite nicely as well in terms of blaster master I think again obviously you covered this on the the retroactive with johnny uh that you know that i i didn't participate in the, you know, a lot of this but i mean I, I felt that when i played it that there was a lot you know to sort of commend about it but it had these kind of uh, these rough edges i think the control is definitely even better Now, of of Sophia the tank, um, especially as you get powered up, it feels really, really good. It's got like this kind of just the right amount of kind of feet of weight and kind of inertia feeling to it that you're controlling some sort of vehicle, but at the same time, it does become extremely powerful and versatile and all that kind of stuff that that you want for a game that's got this kind of exploration component to it. Um, So it's not like it's so kind of bog down apparently like the the second blaster master game which was a genesis game um, like sort of played up the tank angle more you know that it was mm-hmm. like heavier and all that kind of stuff and so it's not like that you know it's got it's got the right amount of so it feels correct for you know the the sprite and the concept but the, the also it feels good to play with that that's really nice I guess the biggest changes are coming in the overhead uh, sections um, so as I talked about uh, you know when Perry was mentioning uh, blaster master zero you know the, the one of the things about the first game is the whole losing power from your weapon when you're Mm -hmm. in the uh, overhead sections if you take a hit now that mechanic is back but again as john said in the sort of spirit of generally making things easier they kind of put a buffer on it now Mm -hmm. so you have this sort of um regenerating like protection so that if you take one hit you will not lose uh some power off your gun um, but but if you start taking consecutive hits, then you will. So it, it's quite you know if you play carefully in these sections, it's quite possible even if you do sustain hits here and there to to not lose any power. In fact, you may gain it if you find you know, more power ups uh, in blocks or you know from killing enemies. Um, you know and so. That certainly makes it uh, a lot less kind of. um, I was trepidatious with the old game sometimes, where it's like, well, God, you know, (laughs) I'm going to go in here, and am I going to just blow, you know, what the sort of the level of power of
1: accumulated
2: with the character uh, for nothing, kind of. The
1: other huge thing is that you can shoot diagonally,
2: yeah, which is huge
1: because in the first game you couldn't, and they always put you and and your shots were like off center. So you always had to do these kind of gymnastics to get yourselves lined up, to get yourself lined up with whatever you whatever, with whatever you wanted to shoot. Whereas now you can just go on an angle and shoot it, and you can kill stuff much more easily.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, the controls in general, but in both phases of play definitely benefit from having more buttons. You know, I mean, you could yep. use in shoulder buttons to kind of shoot at angles and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it all feels smoother. That's just yeah you know, a benefit of having the hardware that we have now. Um, but uh, yeah, with the overhead stuff, I mean... It's important to mention that the gun power thing—it's not just like it gets you know, uh, better in a kind of just a purely linear way that does more damage. It actually got the, the, the different levels that you accumulate of power through your gun, take it through different sort of types of, of fire, um, which can be you know, the levels do a pretty good job, I think, of of giving you opportunities to use those different kinds if you've got them um, to make things substantially easier for you. For instance, one uh, gun is called Striker, and presumably, as I said, I haven't actually played these games, but presumably it's lifted right out of Azure Striker Gun Vault because what it does is so if you hit one enemy with this electrical sort of uh, charge shot, it it sort of connects the, the dots with all the other enemies on the screen and fries them all at once. So if you're in a situation where there's kind of a swarm of enemies, that is incredibly useful. And makes you know, will make that a much quicker and easier sort of proposition. Um, and then you've got other guns that can you know penetrate through walls, which could make you means you could sort of just sneakily take out enemies before you actually have to come face to face with them and all that. So, having the, the the power on these weapons can make these sections much much easier, um, and, and smoother. There is a downside to that in that uh, there were a few bosses I came across which just did not stand a chance. <laughs> James was talking about tonight. <laughs> so bad, it's better You know, Probably if I'd had, uh, you know, hadn't had all these degrees of gun power, you know,
1: it might well have been quite a, a tense fight.
2: But you know, so you just start, said like, it was a massacre. It, yeah, yeah I mean, fighting, a, funny, has some, has some of the
1: g- early bosses with really with no gun upgrade is a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah, and, and there was time, you know, the times where a bit of carelessness or whatever, like I did lose it for a while and didn't <laughs> yeah, really get a chance to. And then it's like, oh, God, like, yeah, actually, these bits aren't that easy. It's just that yeah. I was fully padded. So, I mean, you could say maybe it's not, Perfectly balanced, or you know, it's got a little bit of that old shoot 'em up, like you know, oh yeah, it's perfectly easy, you know, when you've got the full arsenal rolling in. But then, you know, you you cock it up once, and you're in trouble, kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, as John says, I think generally the, the, it's the difficulty's been modulated to the easier side as kind of a smoother experience for that. I think the biggest thing that for me that still kind of leaves something to be desired from the overhead sections for me is that they. Uh slow. Um, you know, it just it, it, and not just in terms of the movement and the character, but it, the design in oftentimes uh, sort of emphasizes waiting for things, waiting yep. for you know, sort of uh, contaminated areas of the ground to recede so you can move, waiting for moving platforms to uh, you know come from one point to another so you can get to the next part, waiting mm. for these enemies that have uh, vision cones visible on the screen, you know, the minor stealth kind of stuff. It just you know, deliberately seems to be kind of bogging it down. I'm not sure how much of that is consciously like we want to pad this game out a bit, because you know, you know, it is a pretty brisk experience in general. And in fact, there's a sort of a mode, a new game plus type of mode, which uh, allows you once you've beaten it, of course, to um, circumvent a lot of the top-down stuff, that where you can beat the game in about under 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that 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 does kind of show you that maybe that they felt the need to do that. Um, but I would have appreciated it if um, because they do. I feel like they pl- generally play a fair bit better than they did before. So I'm not like I don't object to them being there. I just would f- prefer it if they were a bit, uh, you know, uh, smoother and faster.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Now the one issue that I am having with the game, I'm playing it with the pro controller. And so they recently added a patch for the Pro Controller. Yeah. Um, so that's why I held off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I my Pro Controller constantly, and it, this does not happen with Breath of the Wild, so it's not my Pro Controller as far as I'm aware. It sticks uh, going left, and this is, this happens with the D-pad or the analog stick constantly. We're talking like twice a minute, maybe. It is. Oh. Always, yeah. yeah to the point where the game is hard to play at times. And oh I don't God. know if that's actually the game itself, or if it's maybe wireless interference. Because I mean, I'm literally sitting five feet from my switch, staring right at it. And now, yeah, uh,
0: now I would love to hear if anybody has uh, similar reports. Um, yeah. Anybody listening?
1: hmm And now, now, the 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 kicker is that I have my access point directly under my television, pretty much five feet in front of me. So my switches are off to my right, five feet to my right. And
0: but you would expect that to affect Zelda too.
1: Yeah. And it does Yeah, if it, if it's that sort or, of thing. Or
0: or it does and the code in Zelda is better at accounting for it.
1: Uh yeah, I, t- this is something this is entirely uh, this is it's like it's like it's like my joystick is sticking but it's not. You know what I'm saying? It's not physically sticking, but Mysterious. the input it just goes so I'll be sitting there fighting a boss here and but when I kick it but, but <laughs> when I flip my analog stick over to the right, it brings it back. But it's always going to go over to the left, all the
0: time. So once you give it new input, yes, and it's it's only to the left. Yep, that's gotta be a bug. Gotta be. That's gotta be some crazy ass bug. So here's the thing: they this game launched in Japan, obviously, with the Switch, mm-hmm. um, and it did not have uh, Pro Controller support. Their goal was to try to get it in before it launched in the West, and they ultimately missed that window. By a few days. The patch came what? Like later that week, right? It It came on
1: the 15th, so yeah.
0: Yeah, so maybe like a week later. Um, I wonder if maybe it still has, like, they didn't work out all the kinks. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it is really no, It seems
2: to be a little bit of a theme with the, the Switch version. A little bit. Switch the launch stuff in general. I mean, just yep. had the big, the Bomberman parts that like that had lag offline.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I will say that with Breath of the Wild, my left the left Joy-Con, it does have issues with sticking to the left, but they're not as pronounced. They're not like this. And this is obviously I don't have any problems well, on the Pro and, Controller, so.
0: So what's what's weird though is the left Joy-Con that you're just issue you're describing is the left Joy-Con issue. Yes. Uh, which which weirdly enough, Nintendo is now apparently letting people send in their Joy Cons to get the fixed, uh, and fixing them, which is what I'm going to end up doing, appears to just be putting a piece of, um, you know. Uh, Conductive foam. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, yeah. it's it's a nickel alloy. Foam over the antenna to essentially block out interference from presumably the metal box that sits right next to it. They describe this as a manufacturing error. And if you are, if you kind of know Nintendo's internal structure, they recently bought the company that manufactures stuff for them in Japan, um, like the, that runs the factories and stuff. Uh, but they also manufacture stuff in China. And in fact, that was, that happened during the GameCube era, I think. They started building stuff in China. Um, very stridently, everything had been built in Japan for a long time there, and now I would assume the majority of their stuff is built in China. But they do have product lines in Japan run by a different company, so it's entirely possible that this whole like manufacturing defect thing is true. Um, so not not to dispute that that claim because people are really like, this "Doesn't make any sense. Why would it be different for different people?" Well, because it's different production lines. Mm-hmm. But uh, presumably, and it sounds like ones that are being made now don't have the issue. But I've never heard of someone reporting it on the Pro Controller. Never, yep. ever. Which is a long way for me to get to that statement. Yep. Um, yeah,
1: so- I, I am as surprised as anyone. I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is this thing doing? And I was like, oh, I mean, it is straight up probably an, an input bug of some sort. Because yeah. my Pro Controller is fine. My Pro Controller is just a pro. I mean, it's, there's nothing that could go wrong with it, right? Like, there's nothing.
0: Not Not just in one game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing physically wrong with my Pro Controller. It's brand new.
0: You should you should buy every SNK game and test them all. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. I want you to get.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the 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 Splatoon uh, two test fire starts uh, this, this weekend. weekend so yeah, we'll I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah, it starts tomorrow for us. Like, it's, that, yeah, yeah,
2: it's that is going to be interesting for me in terms of just kind of wanting to test out the internet situation with that because yeah, I haven't really downloaded much. I've downloaded Snipper Clips. Yeah, which isn't that big and all that. So I've got no, no real uh, played Bomberman or Fast or anything like that. So I've got no kind of inclination uh, yet about how well it's going to perform, given that it doesn't seem like it's get, got the best reception. You know, for, for, you know multiple reports people says like it seems to get relatively weak Wi-Fi reception compared to other well, devices. What was weird with have. mine
1: is that it always took a while to get onto Wi-Fi. Str- hmm. It, like, strangely took a long time to get onto Wi-Fi, and I don't know why, when the access point is, like, two feet underneath it.
0: And see, I've never had any problems with this Wi-Fi. Like, it's been speedy. It's been more responsive than the goddamn PS4. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and what I mean it's by slow is that,
1: is that I'll boot the thing up, and I'll sit there and watch the Wi-Fi icon. It takes maybe a minute, and then it finally gets on Wi-Fi. Weird. so <laughs> Weird.
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting uh, because uh, for me, like the, the the one of the attractive features of it is the fact that it does have the five gigahertz now. I guess that was impractical for Wii U because it streamed the to the gamepad on five right. gigahertz. Um, but yeah, in my area, there's so much interference on the two point four band that five. Yeah, you know, with my experience with streaming a lot of live sport on Xbox One. The, the 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 improvement in steadiness and performance of going yeah, of of using the five gigahertz band on my router is vast, so that's kind of reassuring. But I guess it's just a question of whether. The reception is still good enough within that for it to, you know, for to to reap those performance benefits. It's a, and then of course something like the test fire. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah. all, yeah, you know, there's all sorts of things that got nothing to do with any of those issues that right. could be
0: interested. So, they are very uh, deliberately trying to crash their own servers.
2: Yeah, it is a stress test situation, but I'm looking forward to it. That is, uh, that that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's a big, it is, it's a
0: it? big new game built explicitly for Switch. Yep, yep. Uh, and. Yeah, well, I, I want to talk about that more, but we, we need to keep moving. Guillaume. Yes. What do you got? Um, so, Take us on the, new tr- on the actual new business train. Um,
3: sh- well, sorry. Uh, I just want to start first by saying that a few weeks ago, I finished Dragon Quest 7. the sentence. it! Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I, I just want to say it like just because I, a final update. Um, as a Dragon Quest fan, I'm glad it was released. I'm glad it was ported, you know, uh, to 3DS. I'm glad it was translated and that I got to play it. But, and, you know, the the things I said about it are still true, that, like, it's a very pretty game and that, well, yeah, that's basically it's the one pu- thing I said about it. Best puns in the series, <laughs> the wasn't best it? it was the series, yes, Big climb, yes, that's also...
2: big, big climb. You're going to stand yeah, well, by that? Yeah,
3: they're really, really good. Um, <laughs> or they're so... really, really bad,
0: depending on if you have taste or not.
3: They're magnificent. Um, oh. So, so yeah. So, and I enjoyed playing it, but uh, I would suggest that people put their uh, the you know like the, the main character you have to select his actions. Uh, put the rest of the party on autopilot because that will save you so much time. You just set the AI to not use magic, and they're still going to use the the. The, the, the powerful abilities that don't cost uh, MP and uh, it will accelerate battles somewhat and I thought so- you were
0: gonna say they still use magic
3: no they don't but you can you can let them do that like when you tell them to to go all out against a boss for instance like they, they will so but they, they'll usually use like the the big mega like super spell that you know deals damage to all the enemies at once they'll do that against like one enemy and you know like they, they'll maybe go a little bit overboard so usually I had them like on a leash like don't use your MP until I tell you to um and yeah that that speeds up the game a bit um so I finished the game in about I don't know, sixty-five or seventy hours, which yes, I think is that on
2: sounds, the that sounds on the show side for a, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, no, read.
3: it's it's kind of surprising. I I think that maybe I can't because you know the display time spans two three DSs. I can't confirm with the the play data, uh, the 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 play time oh, kind yeah, of data. Yeah, that's fair. From, but uh, the the save file says sixty-five, and that probably includes some lost progress. From dying and and restarting, so, sure. yeah. Um. So so yeah. So I, I kind of s- sped through it, and uh, I'm glad I did because it was still a freaking 65, 70 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sped uh, through it as our relative. So so straight on to eight now, yeah? Uh, no, I'm taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I just you know like it's it's not it's not the best uh, Dragon Quest I've played. In fact, I, I I'd say it's like the second worst that I played after Dragon Quest Six. It's like it's an improved version of Six, but Six was the worst. So you know it does a lot of the same kind of things with like the the two different worlds kind of stuff going on, like you travel from one world to the other, except that Seven is so much bigger. And it's got better writing. I think it's better put together, but it's also very long, and it just tried my patience a lot. So I, I would recommend—I would recommend it only to die-hard fans of the series, and certainly not to newcomers. What is, Although, what do,
0: you, what do you fans of die-hard have to do with this? <laughs> yeah anyway uh, I, I just
3: welcome to the party
2: pal <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so yeah and of course like you know my word is not law like we had the oh, Einstein <laughs> who who had like written uh, an email about how like this was his first dragon quest and he played he played it for 175 hours <sighs> and did like a lot of the dlc well actually not, not that much dlc he just like grinded and and went through all the vocations for his characters and just, like, had a blast playing this. So, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, I would recommend people to rather go to 9 or 5, which are my favorites. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. About 8. Like, I, I might need a, a kind of a longish break.
2: Yeah, We've got 11 on the horizon as well, possibly. <laughs>
3: Um, the other game that I've been playing in desperate uh, bid to, to stay relevant as a non-Switch owner uh, is uh, Human Resource Machine, which, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of a good thing that all these Wii U games are being ported
0: well, to Well, in one the case, it's a Wii game.
3: Yeah, in one case, a Wii game, because then, like, it allows me to, it gives my backlog, it gives me guidance to dig into my backlog, you know? Nice. like It can be overwhelming sometimes. To, to look at like a sea of games and just uh uh what am I gonna play? Like I, I need to to you know and here <laughs> is like the the Switch release schedule which is just like, hey, you idiot who hasn't Played this game that you bought several years well, and ago. Also, We're releasing and also, it. Yeah,
2: now. We had this with Bomberman coming out on Wii U Virtual Console, and then you already had it on Wii Virtual Console yep. as well. Yeah, so it's it's a sort of uh, transgenerational <laughs> phenomenon. Though.
3: Yeah, it's just uh, I've made a lot of bad decisions in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> haven't
2: we all? Uh, so yeah, Human Resource Machine.
3: I've played it on the Wii U. I can't speak to the Switch version. I'm sure it's good. I mean, like. What the hell? Like, why wouldn't it not yeah, be so, a good uh, port?
0: Yeah, having played the Wii U version, I can't imagine how they screwed the Switch version
3: up. Right. Like, it's, it's so, yeah, so you've talked about it before, as from the perspective of someone who knows about programming.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I actually did a video on it back, way back when it came out, kind of de- detailing out the programming stuff it's having you doing.
3: Oh, I might, uh, yeah, I might have to to look that up, but maybe after I've, you know, like, not to have the the, the, the puzzle spoiled for me. I mostly just
0: choked because the camera was on, essentially. Oh, oh, fun. Okay, definitely have to watch now. This
2: reminds me of James trying to use the cape in Mario World, though.
0: (laughs) 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 I beat that game never being proficient with the cape, okay?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure you did. You didn't just gag hard when the pressure was on.
0: (laughs) I'm not. I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm
2: not.
3: I'm not a programmer. So uh, I've had, you know, like uh, quick basic courses in high school, like whatever. Back when, like already, then it was, uh, you know, not exactly uh, current. Um, but anyway, so I, I don't have programmer experience. So it's kind of a. It's kind of interesting. And it's it's refreshing to 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 play a puzzle game that's rooted in you know, programming logic and just has you figure out exactly like, okay, they want this result. What what steps, what commands do I have to string together in order to get that result? And then, you know, like then you, you execute it, you might have to fix a few things like, oh shit, I, I forgot to, to loop the whole thing so that he doesn't stop after the, the you know, the first operation and, uh, yeah, and then you solve the puzzle and you're, you're rated on um, kind of the num- how well, I guess, you're programmed, like the, the commands. Like you, you have, if you've used fewer or just as many commands as the, the game tells you to, then you get like a thumbs up. And if your little dude that you're programming um, took as many or fewer steps than a certain uh, uh, target, You also get another thumbs up, and you don't necessarily—it's not always possible to get both at the same time. Um, So yeah, so I'm doing well on the first thumbs up thing. Like I'm doing well when it comes to putting something coherent and, and 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 concise. You know, like just like an effective kind of loop that will do the task. I'm 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 fairly you know like I'm doing fairly well on that front. But when it comes to uh, reducing the number of steps that the little dude yeah. is making, I I have no idea what I'm looking for. You know, that's
0: that's where the game really shines. is trying. It, it gives you a number and says like, aim for 32 steps or aim for 19 commands. You're like, wait, I can't do both of these at the same time, can I? Right. The is probably no. But mm-hmm. I've the uh, that number isn't the minimum. Yeah, so, but the, the, I, what the game wants you to do besides just clearing it is mm-hmm. uh, essentially try to optimize your algorithms. Either, right. either do it in less commands, which means mm-hmm. liberal use of looping. Yes. Um, or do it in less moves, which means probably not looping. Cause looping, looping means you do things multiple times, but you don't need to. Right. Uh, potentially. So, there's this idea of trying to find that number, find this, like, optimum way to do something without uh, overdoing stuff, but still but still solving the problem. Right. That That is really rewarding, and that's really where the game's challenge is. Because you can brute force most of these things. Um, there's a handful that you really can't brute force. Right. But, yeah, actually sitting there and going like, okay, I need to scrap three more moves off this thing. Where can I find them? Really forces you to understand what your own algorithm is doing.
3: Yeah, and that's really what I'm I'm having trouble with. Like, I at a certain point I can't really quite follow. I don't know. I become just cross-eyed looking at what I've put together, and just like, like, where am I? You know, saving a step. Like, I I did. Manage at some point, like on one of the challenges where I had failed the steps requirement, I did manage to fix it and get that requirement, but I, I'm not exactly sure how I did it. You know, I just kind of, instead of, yeah, making it loop immediately, I made the guy do something twice and then yeah. looped and that saved me steps, but I'm, it's not intuitive for me, you know, like I, I, I haven't seen this, like I don't deal with this on a daily basis. So I'm, I wish that part of the game were a little bit more better explained. So Um,
0: the optimization itself in programming is kind of an art and it's something that you learn over time. So like your, your juniors are never good at optimization. They just, they just haven't done it. Um, and so, yeah, it's – what you're experiencing is true to life for learning to program because mm. it takes it takes time to really understand like, hey, this, this block of something I'm doing is not tangibly different than this other block of something I'm doing.
1: Yeah, and I you'll can, I just kind of say, hey, I know this is a crappy way to do this, but I just don't know any other way and I need to right. figure that out at some point.
0: Yeah, and at some point you have to go back and unwind utilitarianism. Mm -hmm. But what it's forcing you to do is really learn what you're looking at. And that's exactly what the kind of skills this game is great at teaching. And so the fact that you're not getting getting there on the optimization stuff is totally okay. There are puzzles in that game I never optimized because I was like, fuck, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> uh, like I'm like I can't make this better I question I
1: everything about my existence right now who like, am and I it's, and as a,
0: as a programmer with at this point 15, 16 years of experience I can't tell you how frustrating that was like why can't I fucking fix this Um. but like yeah it's it's part of it's part and parcel with what programming is I would say don't the game doesn't really reward you for, for grinding out those stats Uh, I would say just soldier through. You'll learn more skills as you go. Um, Of course, you get access to more tools, so you're going to lose those tools when you come back to Optimize. But it teaches programming concepts that you may still be able to apply earlier in the game. Hmm. Um, And so I was hitting a lot of the early targets early on just because I knew the concept to go for. Because I've trained my brain to look at algorithms like this. But the game does do a really good job of that. So... You know, keep keep grinding through it. I bet when you come back, if you beat the, when you beat the game, I bet if you come back to start, you'll optimize the shit out of those algorithms. You'll right. come through and you'll knock ten plus moves off some of those things. Hmm. Okay. And it say and it saves your last result when you succeed, which is great. Okay. Just, yes, if you go back into one, your your last successful pull will still be there.
3: Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'm kind of uh, maybe yeah, I'm going at it the wrong way. Like I'm trying to perfect it the first time, but I should really move on. I'm also kind of. Sometimes the 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 path uh, you've got you've got the level selection, and sometimes there's a divergent path with harder Ooh. puzzles, and I'm trying to do them, uh, you know, uh, concurrently. Um, maybe I should come back to them later. Some of Although, those
1: are,
3: go ahead. Well, yeah, some of those are actually kind of easier than I would have thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
0: there are some there are some ones that I'd stare for a minute and go, huh? What do you what do you want from me right now? Um, but yeah, like definitely just, you know, if you run into a puzzle that's not in your way, just, just come back to it later. Mm. It's this, this, this game is all about iterating on your designs and in a way you're also iterating on your understanding of what it's doing.
3: Yeah, so so I'm really enjoying it. Like uh, to me, like it's, it's I don't know. It's good. It is good to play a puzzle game that's more logic based and less, uh, you know, kind of revealed the, the you know the form or whatever of Picross or uh, lay out your matchsticks, right? Or or you know <laughs> pushing blocks or or whatever like that. Zelda has us do like it's a it's a different kind of brain exercise, and uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, and the, the the game is just. You know like it's got style just like world of goo uh did right like it's got uh really good music i'm surprised you know like with the the, the kind of uh given that i usually turn off the music and pick ross after less than a minute um i i've been keeping the the, the music on for, for these and uh, i i enjoy the music a lot and the yeah the, the the game has a ton of personality you know you're just kind of uh putting years uh, this, uh, this company and, uh, you know, Through sometimes the apocalypse. you get, yeah, apparently. And, and uh, you, you just, uh, <laughs> you know, it kind of has kind of a dark vision of corporate culture, you know, and you get messages, like your boss is just like, uh, it has been shown that positivity improves productivity. Uh, so now it's been made mandatory. Smile. Management is watching. You know, just like, (laughs) okay.
0: There's a a dark reality to some of this.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, as yeah, as as you would expect from Tomorrow Corporation, like they they've always got these kind of like this little I don't know, not cynical but kind of uh, I don't
2: subversive, know subversive think, is, is yeah, kind of subversive. I We joked
0: about this yeah. last week, but they renamed their company to the name of the evil company in the game they're most known for. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: that that's yeah, it's kind of typifies that streak in their games, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh So
3: yeah. So this game came out two weeks ago uh, in North America on Switch. This week in uh, Europe. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, if you haven't played it, I I would go with that personally over World of Goo. Uh, If you've played World of Goo before, um, like, it's and if you haven't played this, like, it's 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 solid, and you'll get some of kind of the genius of World of Goo. Like, you'll find it here as well.
0: I think, you know, the, the only one I haven't played is the middle one. I'm blanking yeah, hey on yeah. yeah, Um That am, would... I'm
3: probably going to go through it again, although it was not my favorite. Like, it, um, Because it was seemed, you know, very basic. But on purpose? Yeah. I, I, it's an experience.
0: Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it, from my understanding, is it's an experience. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we talked about how this is actually a really good learning tool. But World of Goo, in its own way, is... Not, not as so, not so explicitly in a kind of a more oblique sort of sense, but it does teach you some kind of basic engineering stuff. It's like right. back when you go to school and you build the tower out of popsicle sticks. Like, how do you, how do you align things to distribute weight? Um, you know, that, those kinds of questions. There's, there is kind of a streak except for little inferno, um, of like, uh, not edutainment because that would make it terrible, but, <laughs> at, but at the very least, like this, this tinge of, science experience in in what these games do um which is cool i, I really appreciate that
3: yeah and it's done with humor and, and you know with uh yeah that's a personality um so it really helps uh kind of yeah get it through edutainment yeah. let's let's call it for what it is
0: and then they'd be like singing rabbits and shit in it like it'd just be, <laughs> be like singing rabbits talking to you about what the terminator and the denominator is in divisions Fuck this. I don't need this. this <laughs> better,
2: better or worse the Donkey Kong Jr. math.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it a lateral move.
3: I hope that game is on the Switch, like with online multiplayer. Because it's yeah. the only way they <laughs> yeah, the even Yeah, the first playable. game
2: they do as part of the online. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's that or Urban Champion, write it down right now. Get down to your bookies if that's legal where you are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm I'm really looking forward to to hearing what you've got more to say about this game when you get towards the end because some of that stuff gets devious. Um,
3: yeah, I I'm, I'm it, sure, but but not, I'm about like a third of the way through it. Seems. Don't, don't uh, scare him off, James, if you want. Yeah, to really, like, but, but to like
0: it, I say that, but it does a really good job of teaching you and getting you ready for it. Like if you just hmm. if you just like. When I went back to the game recently, like sometime before Switch launch, and just said I'm gonna jump straight to the end, um, the fuck you are, um, <laughs> you might want to go back and review some of this. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it ramps up nicely. It's, it's, it's the best example I've seen of something teaching programming. Period. And mm-hmm. I've been doing this a long time, and I have. I have sat in as a teaching assistant. I have independent studied while other classes were going on. I have taught people to program. This is, like, just teaching basic logic and basic operands, this is the best I've ever seen. It's damn sight better than that logo turtle where you tell it to move around and draw images on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know I said Zelda at the start. You know, we, we had an hour of new games to talk about. I feel good about that. We've got Zelda coming. Uh, of course, we have the spoiler cast that will happen, uh, just like we did with Z- just like we did with Xenoblade Chronicles X. But first, we got to finish the game. So you guys should get finished working on finishing the game too, if you already haven't. Give your life to your Switch. Do it. Or your Wii U, and come back on the other side having defeated Ganon. End the Ganon calamity, so we can talk about this game. And on that, we are going to take a break. Come back with listener mail. We're back! It's listener mail. You could send us your email to RFN at attenderworldreport.com. Also, we're still kind of not doing a good job coming up with a retroactive, so you could send us your recommendations for that as well. But we have email, and I have the first email. And the first email is from David, who writes Hey, RFN. I know it's too early to discuss, but I have been wondering what's next for Zelda. The obvious possibility is another 2D Zelda. However, What about a full-on remake of Ocarina of Time using Breath of the the Wild's engine and physics? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks, and keep up the quality content. I mean, they just remade that game (laughs) like four years ago. Yeah. Um, Uh, It was six years ago now. It was God.
2: Well, I think in June or whatever it'll be six years, but yeah, probably Taken.
1: Next game is going to be a gritty first-person shooter, I think, in the Zelda universe. <laughs> right, it's the be... time oh, it's going to be your one based phone. on Terminator? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep.
2: No, I mean, so, it's, it's interesting. The thing about Ocarina, the 3D remake's one thing, but, you know, I feel like Twilight Princess is another. Um, we kind of talked about this a bit when I played uh, Twilight Princess HD last year, in the sense that it's like this kind of you know, Star Wars Episode 7 is to Episode 4, or, like, uh, right. Star Trek Into Darkness is to uh, Khan, where it's not the same exact... But it's not a remake, but it's, like, a kind of alternate it's the, the version. It's sequel reboot. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, the alternate version of that, where, like, a lot of the same sort of stuff happens, but in a different way with some different characters or whatever. But, yeah, it's, so it's so if you put that together with the 3D remake of Ocarina of Time on 3DS with the HD remake of Twilight Princess um, yeah i i i feel personally like yeah that would be a little bit of an eye roll inducing announcement if they made it. although you know to be fair if you were talking about it, it being in with the breath of the wild uh, you know kind of uh, type of world and mechanics and stuff it could be you know, a radically different experience in a lot of ways but yeah i i i, I prefer i prefer not myself but then um, yeah
0: the thing is like to make it actually take advantage of what is breath of the wild so the entirety of ocarina of time fits in like a tiny section of breath of the Wild's map um and the not that that's a big deal but it's all like narrow channels connecting you to open spaces. There's no, there's no big expansive world. So it's not like when you're doing a, uh, like a three, an HD remake, uh, where you're able to at least leverage your world design and your dungeon design because none of that stuff would translate to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's you more you like the remake to of Final re-
1: Fantasy VII that they're doing. Uh, I was
0: gonna make raw. a joke
3: about. I was gonna make a joke about how it just would cost too much to remake a of time now, and it had to release <laughs> it episodic. You know, like yes. just, but, there's well, no exactly. other way. Be, there The, the go.
2: important thing about going episodic is that expedites things, <laughs> so that right. you at least get to see something of it so much sooner than otherwise would be the case.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I think first off, they don't need to make another Zelda game for a couple of years. None of, the, none of the big 3D ones. Yeah, that's like,
2: the thing. We talked about that like th- there will assuredly be more Zelda product in the not too distant future, you know, like but what Colin pro- there, Greg it, it could be the 2D game. You know, yeah, that 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 uh, David mentions. Uh, certainly it could be more spin-offs. Uh yeah, you know, that, that are more you know, really not like you know associated with the traditional kind of play style of any I, Zelda Hyrule game Warriors like an Hyrule Warriors, Warriors type maybe. of thing. Yeah, I think
0: we were all expecting a Hyrule Warriors too instead of Fire Emblem. So I mean, that definitely could come once the Fire Emblem project is out. It's not like they don't make a million Musou games a year.
3: Mm-hmm. How about instead of a remake of Ocarina with the Breath of the Wild engine? Um, Breath of the – I can't remember what that name is called now, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we, instead we've of that, that name which, forever. Would be, which would be kind of like samey maybe, like just like full-on remake of Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land, but in the <laughs> Breath of the Wild world and engine. Like, uh, so you yeah, okay, pay okay. rupees
0: to literally – to get anywhere and do anything and it's a negotiation. You never know how much you're supposed to pay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But the rupees
2: in the world sort of have a kind of permanence to them in terms of if they get exchanged enough times, they break. So that that could
0: be a problem.
3: (laughs) Oh,
2: God. (laughs) (laughs) And they're as rare as they
3: are in Breath of the Wild. Wow.
0: Oh God! Nobody gets out of the first area, then. Nope. So, what, what's next for Zelda? We know what's next for Zelda. It's whatever that DLC is. Yeah, the they, DLCs. I mean,
2: that that's the key thing. I think the feeling, you know, probably kind of underpins what what David's asking here, and a uh, feeling a lot of people have. Is they spent a lot of time making this game, and it's you know, come out to this you know, rapturous reception, and uh, you know, it's doing really well and stuff. And you know, having spent all that time, you know, on on a fundamentally different kind of Zelda game in terms of the uh, you know, the engine and the physics, as David uh, cites there, um, you know, you would want to put it to work again. And they've Mm -hmm. got previous on this, with Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask. Yeah, Ocarina of Time, originally on the ED64, was such a colossal endeavour such a sort of you know a, a groundbreaking exercise that the you know, they probably felt that obviously there was a lot of talk about the DD and right, Ura the Zelda Ura Zelda. and all that stuff but you know clearly the mission was well we we've, 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 we've put all this work into the sort of infrastructure of the game you know it's time to get more of a return off that um, now so the, I guess the thing with it now though we have DLC so that's the first part of it of that strategy I guess the question is What's the next phase? Do you have another you know another similar game in a different world or you know do you kind of have a try and go for like a very different experience in the same kind of world? It's uh, it's tricky that part of it but so I, uh,
0: I'm not ready to fully write off that DLC is just being like, oh well that we, once we get through that because they talk about it as its story content. Uh, and this is a game that is very light on story. Yeah, um, yeah. In fact, most of the story is a framing device for something that's not actually what's happening right now. So, like, th- obviously they could fill in the blanks this story this story has. Um, like, there, there's a tailor-made, hey, where do you stick Link to do this if you've played the game? Like, you know where it is. Like, what what place do you pl- place him in? And you could reuse pretty much everything except you'd have to undo some, some of the deterioration. But, like... This potential that this could be relatively beefy because that DLC is kind of expensive. That season pass, mm. yeah. As you um.
2: we, we said, we still don't know that much about it. This, so, I mean, I guess you maybe feel like you have a somewhat better picture now that we've actually played the game, but right, you know, it's this because still... the
0: game is pretty big. Like, it's... where would you stick more stuff? No, I mean, yeah. this
2: is the thing is like, you know, one of the biggest differences between. Breath of the Wild and and the many of the preceded 3D Zelda. Certainly, if you go sort of GameCube and onwards, is that you know, with all of those games, and I like all of them, there are sections in those games that you know are mandatory uh, to see the credits that. You know, I felt we're padding. You start rolling your eyes. You know, you're talking about a triforce hunt, uh fight the imprisoned three times. You go through Farron Woods three times, whatever. These sorts of things have been in every Zelda game, like you know, to increase the running time and make the it drops. make it feel more epic. You know, because it takes longer. That's it. With it, you don't need to make it feel more epic. Just look at it. That's it takes a, forever. And and it's huge. You do is just look at the damn game, and it feels epic. And that's the thing. I mean, you can so much of it is optional. You know, if there's something you you weren't that keen of. A keen on in it, you know. You could just kind of walk away from that and say, "Well, you know, I, you I probably won't need to do that to actually beat the game anyway." So, it, but by the same token, it's kind of difficult to say what you would want more of uh, as well. You know, it's um, it, it kind of interesting how they go. Like, I mean, I think the uh, the shrine, the the was it the Cave of Shadows or you know, Tower right. of uh, ordeals whatever yeah, the, the kind the of trial, whatever, yeah, whatever that's going to be. That I feel like that has got a little more. In- interesting to me um, than it was originally because of the equipment side of the game in terms of, you know... Uh, you have to,
0: to manage resources in the cave.
2: Yeah, like, not to get to to like spoilery stuff lot, but you know, I mean, you could get you, know, you get you have know, sets of equipment you can find, and then you can upgrade those sets. You get special bonus effects and all this kind of stuff. it's like, okay, well, you know, I've found some of this stuff, and you know, at this point, you know, maybe I've beaten the game, or I don't have any difficulty beating certain like tester strength shrines, or whatever. But you know, it'd be kind of interested to see what these equipment sets do for you in that kind of setting um you know so there's that but uh, i get i get the dungeon and the story is going to be the really big deal and that's not coming till the end of the year so that's a long yeah, and time what if,
0: and what if the cave of trials is is more like the actual um shrines because very few of the shrines are combat oriented you know yeah le- like i could probably count them all on on my hands um, so it doesn't seem fitting to make an entire game, an entire section around them although because that's what we expect when we hear these these cave of trials or whatever because that's what they've been in the Zelda games. Yeah. What if they are more like the shrines where it's a mix of puzzles and combat? Um you know, are, are, do you have to manage weapons in this thing? Cuz do weapons break while you're in there? That's a big deal in some of those combat shrines. Like you need to make sure you've got good weapons cuz <laughs> you're going to you're going to fight some stuff and you need to be ready for it. Um but if it's like oh it's 50 floors and you're on floor 48 and you've got one weapon left, like, that's, (laughs) that's like, that's like a pre-planning challenge. And so much of this game is about planning that like, yeah, I could see that being interesting. But yeah, that late year DLC, like, what is going to take so long that it's like, oh, no, we, we can't give you this for a while. And maybe maybe it's just the whole, like, they don't want people putting their game on the second-hand market, so they're just going to make you wait forever. That's a, yep. that's
2: a yeah, significant part of, of this, and this is, in particular, and in DLC announcements. Uh, but is you know, it is it this general. far
0: out for that reason, or is it because that's how long it's going to take?
2: Yeah, that's just going to be. I mean, in terms of you know, do you just also the biggest thing for me is do you just sort of you know teleport something new into the world as it exists? Do you append the world? Uh, you know, as like oh, you know, one of these areas where currently it says you can go no further, you can now go further, and it and it opens up like another section of the map, maybe another tower well, to find. Well, they,
1: they or, could yeah. they could stick with the theme of the game and do something in the past. But like yeah. use one yeah, of those areas it's, 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 and then yeah, just like James. slightly tweak it. Yeah, that's, yeah but that's like, what James is getting
0: I mean at. they they do describe it as having plot a plot. So like yeah. maybe it's its own thing, but there there is uh, you know, and that's kinda what I was alluding to. Some shit went down in the past in this game. Yep. And and you know, you don't get to see all of it. Like they could just say like okay, this is the DLC. You get to see what happened. Yep. Um and, like, you, by the end, you have a pretty good idea of what happened. But, like, to actually see it go down could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, still
2: feels like it doesn't reveal as much as it as it could, um, you know. So I don't know whether that was in in any way holding something back for DLC or just, you know. That, I, think,
0: that's, I think it makes it feel appropriately had. mysterious. Yeah, like, it, I mean, it would
2: be kind of labor at the point if it was, like, went into agonizing kind of
0: detail. Yeah, like, oh, here's everything that happened. Oh, okay because um, like you get you get moments of it, and that's cool. Like, because then you have to kind of piece together. Because you, without spoiling again, you get it asynchronously too. So, like, you have to piece it. You're constantly evolving what happened in your head, which is neat. Um, and also, they had to do that because you can you can get anywhere at any time in the game. So if they they tried to give it to you in order, well, they'd never succeed.
2: And I guess that that raises the other interesting question about this DLC is that you know. How much are they going to leverage the fact that people may you well know, have probably kind of you know, beaten the game, played it a hell of a lot by the time we get to the end of the year? Of course, there might be some people that be buy you know could buy the game and DLC during the holidays. I'm sure oh, there would yeah. be a lot of those people. But you know, how much are they going to? Leverage, okay, this is a piece of content that. You know, logically you haven't play, you know you were, couldn't have played in any order you would have played it after everything else so we're actually going to build that into the design and maybe have something you know things that you know leverage the knowledge that you've accumulated from playing all the rest of it or how much of it could well it's the sort of thing that just could have been in there uh, from the very beginning that you haven't discovered yet, but, you know, they just haven't made it yet. I mean, that, that right. would be interesting because that is obviously one of the trade-offs with this kind of design. You have know, the freedom and all that is, is quite, you know, it is liberating. It's, it's, it's uh, certainly different <laughs> for, Zelda, for the 3D Zelda's recently, but, you know, you lose that sort of sense of... Um, kind of uh, linear progression in puzzles and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's more it's more of a kind of buffet of things. Um, or, You know, more like a sort of collection of tracks from a bunch of different, like, uh, songwriters than uh, one cohesive album. Like, that. that's kind of the, the, what I feel about it. But it'd be interesting if the DLC could actually take things on a bit in a way that the normal game couldn't.
0: Yeah, and and what I wouldn't want to see out of the DLC is just more, because uh, because you know I, I put the game down, and I wasn't I wasn't hunting for more. Like I was like okay, okay, like I'm gonna play more of this game, but I didn't think like man, if only there was another area to explore. Like it was it was it's very it, the game is very fulfilling when you finish when you really get you feel like you've explored the whole world
1: yeah well but at the same time I'm I mean I've put in 85 probably 90 hours and I'm still finding stuff like how the right. hell did I miss this
2: oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know because right.
1: the thing is near the end of the game you actually to get stuff done you just wind up like fast traveling everywhere and you actually you actually at the, at the early part of the game you kind of find everything but then later on in the game you start missing stuff and then you're like what the hell I totally missed this
0: so yeah, like I mentioned this, we talked about it. I flew everywhere because Maybe. I got yeah. I got really good at climbing and jumping, mm-hmm. and so like I missed the whole town because like the route I took was not the route the game expected you to take. I flew over the mountains, yeah, and so I just missed a town for a long time. And then like <laughs> people were talking about this town, like characters you meet, and I'm like, where are you talking about? And eventually, I just trailed one of those dudes, and like that took me to the place. And I was like, oh. This is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. okay? But like straight up, just you know, the I what I worry is if they try to if they just try to shoehorn shoehorn in more content, you won't get that because they'll have to tell you where that content is. That's well, like, they, they hey, could just
3: make like a, a Eventide Island two rise out of the ocean, yeah, and then yeah, something like that. yeah,
0: and, and that I kind of hope it's it's more substantive than that, uh, but. Beyond that, talking about what the what is next for the Zelda well, I, I guess franchise, I guess the
2: point is though, like, that—that's immediately what's next, and you know we we'll kind of want to dismiss that, and then maybe right. that'll give us somewhat of a better idea of what they have planned after that. Yeah, but yeah, for, for now it's a little bit hard to look beyond that. But
0: um, yeah, because I, I mean, this, there's so much in this game that yeah. you have to feel like they're going to want to take a step back. Yeah, and be but, like okay,
1: but they're also going to want to reuse the engine. Yeah. Not oh, not just yeah. for DLC. I think they're gonna, but, but they're gonna I guess the question is though, how much do you
2: think it's possible that you might see them reuse it for stuff that is not Zelda?
0: A hundred percent. Pilot wings. Let's,
2: gonna... Yeah,
0: let's let's be let's be clear here. This thing, and you can see it when you're playing it sometimes, is using tech from Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like it there there's times you're going up a mountain, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. It's just this is just Xenoblade climbing, except you actually can climb versus just bunny hopping up. The <laughs>
2: yeah, the crazy. Yeah, it's legs kind of got Shulk's jump, not
0: yeah. Xenoblade oh, X's yeah. jump.
2: <laughs> but um, like, it's okay cuz he can climb.
0: So, what what we're seeing is so if you think back to Skyward Sword, Xenoblade Chronicles tech was in that game. Um and this is a case where Xenoblade Chronicles X tech found its way into this game, I assume that this game's tech is probably going to find its way into Xenoblade Chronicles too.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that that, that much uh, should be you know, logical enough. I guess the question is how much could you expand it beyond these two series right. that have been sort of wedded together, Zelda and Xenoblade, since uh, <laughs> this decade began, really, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I would assume like some physics stuff is, is probably portable. Um, but you know this this would be a change for Nintendo because they're not they're they reuse their own engines, but they're not known for being for using a lot of off the shelf stuff. That they like to build their stuff custom. Um, and if you go back to to Zelda's history and Metroid, like these are franchises that their first iterations are reuse. I mean, Kid Icarus exists because reuse was possible.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, and and uh, Zelda and uh, the uh, Muramasa? Mis- the uh, um, no yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the Not mysterious castle, game. <laughs> yeah, the the mysterious castle uh, with the Takamaru game, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, like the so certainly, actually, Pilot Wings is a great example because there is a sim. This game controls really well, flying. Like it feels really good to fly in this game. Especially got, when you've you
2: can, got you using thermals, which is a big thing in pilot wings, going all the way back to the Super Nintendo one.
0: And yeah. once you've maxed out your stamina, and you can and you find you can climb super high up, uh, and then you can glide for a super long time. Like there is a really great feeling of going from like the top of Mount Lineru and just going as far as you can, mm-hmm. because even at max stamina, you will run out of stamina before you hit the ground. Like it takes it takes you that long to come down, and it feels awesome. Yep. You get so far, and if you had powered flight and you were able to actually like maneuver, versus you know what you can do through some basic physics, mm. like sh- it would be really really good. Um, I mean, we talked about this as Pilot Wings Resort um, when it when it sort of re reared its head in that. Um, well, we, we came first. It was did the we fit. We fit.
3: we fit Resort. Uh, yeah, we right, Sports uh, Resort. We Sports Resort came first. Came at first, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then it sort of showed its way up in Pilot Wings Resort. Yes. Um, Like, that was fine, and that was fun, and that was a neat place. But, like, Zelda spin off Pilot Wings, do it. Like, yeah, I Link- think
3: they, they would have to craft a few more kind of uh, caves in, in indoor areas, I suppose, that you could fly through. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have enjoyed that a lot. Like, I, I, you know, like, it's not a joke. Like, I, Pilot Wings, like, line in back. those words, Lineback, Stars,
0: line back. we're done. Yeah, we're done. I, <laughs> I, I just, I just yeah. made the game for you, Nintendo. You're done.
3: I, I, I just see a lot of uh, tweets and articles sometimes about how, like, oh, yeah, I, I love, like, uh, someone was, uh, I can't remember where, but someone wrote about, like, Breath of the Wild being unexpectedly good for their kids. But someone else was wishing, like, oh, I wish I had kind of a tourism mode. Where there's no enemies, you know, like I just want to go around and explore. (laughs) And, uh, Pilot Wings is like provides that to a certain extent. I'm sure that there would be like, you know, missions to, to finish before you unlock like different areas, but,
2: um, There'd probably be you know. a free flight kind of mode uh, you, you'd expect, wouldn't it? and hopefully you'd have like much bigger and more varied locations than what you had in just. Yeah, you know, that was the biggest drawback of, uh, resort. of resort. Fundamentally, yeah. it was fine, and there was nothing wrong with uh, that Woohoo Island location being a location. It's just you know when you kind of um, you thinking of the N sixty four game, which had a, like a number of different places, it mm-hmm. seemed kind of limiting. Uh, but yeah, you imagine sort of expanses on this scale. Um, that yeah, I guess the question is whether um, just like reusing the uh, the the extent the to which you can with uh, the Breath of the Wild's engine and physics and stuff for something like this, whether it's still in the feasible budget range for a game like right. that, because um, you don't right. feel like it's the sort of thing that they'd ever put that much in the way of resources behind.
0: Because you'd have to build a world too. Yeah, like that's that, where the money's gonna come that's, in, unless unless you, uh, you wanted to say this is lineback's pilot wings, and then just like, <laughs> fuck it, let's go. <laughs> well, I mean,
3: you know, like there's uh, like the, sh- the the shooting Wii game, uh, whatever, the crossbow range or crossbow training, crossbow training, yeah. Yeah. crossbow training. So yeah, so Zelda is not. Uh, you know, it's, spin-offs it's, have been made. In this it's series. pretty
2: damn manageable sure. at this point, and that's the yeah. point. I mean, look, in terms of a full-blown kind of successor to to this game, you know, will it be as open? We don't know for sure. Uh, certainly, you know, the reception so far might might push them in that direction. But whatever it is, it's probably several years away. And so, in the interim, you're gonna have you know smaller or like sort of sideways kind of branches off this game um you know in the zelda franchise um that uh, will be things they can either give to other developers or things they can be you a know, produce in house relatively quickly because you know i mean if switch is especially as successful as they're hoping it will be you know and, and breath of the wild is a big part of that the, the zelda your know, brand is going to have sort of a kind of cachet that it probably hasn't had in a little while and uh, you know they'll really want to cash in on that even more aggressively than they have done in the recent past, which has given us stuff like Triforce Heroes and so forth.
0: So mm-hmm. uh, there, there is one when they had that GDC talk. One of the things people saw when they showed the the two D Zelda that they used to to, show, to test all their like chemistry engine and physics engine on is oh man Zelda Maker. Um uh, I think that would be a nightmare. I think the stages that would get created would be ghastly and and horrible 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 things, but I could see them not being able to resist the siren song of money. Um so I mean that's that's in the realm. Um it would be a little more difficult though because you don't have the like the three or four obvious different versions to to do. Um because really you're talking about the original Zelda uh Super Nintendo and then what like so, because you have your Game Boy Color, your Game Boy slash Game Boy Color games, and those are 8-bit, but kind of in the Super Nintendo style. Yeah. Uh. Um. So, are they really on the stable to stand on their own? Eh, not really. You have Minish Cap, I guess, but that's not really an iconic game in the series. Um, so you know what? What's your what are your other skins? I think that's where that game would really struggle. And and how could you make them fundamentally? Different? I
2: think I think um, sort of kind of t- touching on some of the sort of parts of the series history. I kind of feel like if a game's due for a remake, um, I think it could be uh, Link's Awakening*. I know it kind of had one with the DX version. But But even then,
0: that game's 20 years old.
2: Yeah, even the DX version's really getting up there in years there. So, I just feel, I mean, uh, it, it stands up really quite well.
0: Oh, yeah, but, it plays great. But,
2: it... you know, I do feel like it could benefit, of, of all the games that's out there, the thing with Link's Awakening, I feel like it does stand up uh, you know, today, uh, play on Virtual Console, i played it a little bit just recently, but there's a few it's... things I think it would really benefit from kind of a, a, a remake-type treatment, mainly uh, the sort of item swapping stuff could really kind of bogs down the yeah. gameplay, Cause uh, sometimes because you, you have to do it so much and it was built for a two-button platform and all that kind of stuff and it's it's a it's a really great sort of chapter in the zelda history that and has not small. been revisited sort of almost ad nauseum the way that ocarina of time has been and um, link to to past, you know uh, uh, as well now because you have you've had again link between worlds isn't like a strictly a remake, it's or it's not also strictly a sequel. I mean, it is the same world, um, it's a strange sort of beast, but again, it's it's heavily leveraged off that. So, I feel like those two, Link to the Past Our Career of Time, have been revisited enough for now, and maybe some other area. And of course, we've had Twilight Princess, HC, Majora's Mass 3D, a lot of stuff at this point has been looked back on. So, I think you look at the gaps, and, and, the, and the Link's Awakening is the big one, I think.
0: I love Link's Awakening because I think of the Zelda games, it's it's the most like charming and fun uh, because it is it is very cartoony, um, and and in fact that's inherited by the the two Game Boy Color games that came after it, which coincidentally um, are the first games the director of Breath of the Wild worked on when he was at Flagship. Um, so that's where he came so, from. Yes, yeah, so he he was one of the people Nintendo pillaged at a Flagship. Um, and so he's worked on all the Zelda games since then. So he his first directorial debut was Skyward Sword.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, and then this is the one where he he and his two compatriots who were not from Flagship re- drove the bus completely. I would I would say make the engine for a remake of um, Link's Awakening. And if that does well, then guess what? You got the two Oracle games. Yeah,
2: maybe a collection could be in order. Oh, no, they'll
0: want to charge you for each one. Yeah,
2: yeah, probably. I don't know. I guess it depends, like, the scale of it, you know, whether, like, A Link Between Worlds, you're almost, like, trying to kind of make a new quest out of it or whether you just go for more a straight remake route or whatever. But, um, no, I think um, I think you could... That That's something that... Um, Deserves to be seen by more, you know, more Zelda fans that probably came in after it, its original debut, or even after the, the color version.
0: And and it's the kind of thing that they could hand off to an external studio to do the art for.
2: Yeah, the the kind of the Grezzo model did not have doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be Grezzo themselves who were doing um, uh, Ever Oasis, is it? Uh, yep. yep. Uh, at the moment. But
0: especially if they kept it two D. If they said like, hey, you're going to create the sprites. Well, if they did that for Link's Awakening, guess what? A lot of those parts would make it into the Oracle games, too. So, uh, like, there, there's certainly some utilitarianism that could come into play. Yeah,
2: it's interesting about the visual style. I mean, like, obviously they had a visual style for Link Between Worlds and Triforce Heroes, but, um, you know, it, it, that's kind of a bit like the sort of New Super Mario approach applied to Zelda.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't
2: think it. that. Is, <laughs> I don't think that's a good fit for... Link's Awakening. I think Link's Awakening has more character than that. I feel like yeah. I'm not it's exactly first... sure what kind of style it would be, but it would have to. I feel it'd have to be more expressive. Um, it's the living that. cartoon. Yeah, definitely.
0: So the the other one they haven't touched is of course the original Zelda and Zelda Two, and I don't know what you do with either of those games.
1: Uh, you could probably do a pretty good remake of Zelda Two, because well, it yeah, does get, actually no, you, have an overworld.
2: Yeah, and also you could argue like that. Needs one more yeah. than most, in the oh, sense yeah, that, yeah. Oh I God, know, we talked yeah. about with Blaster Master, like there are some rough edges that you could kind of uh, sand off there, and actually, I think more people would appreciate it for 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 what it is and, and what it does well. Mm-hmm. If you but did it's that,
0: so it's so you know antediluvian to what Zelda's become. That yeah, I, 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 wonder... I think
2: I think Links Awakening's way ahead of the queue. Yeah. In the queue than that personally, but I don't. I, don't, I think um, that that's that's an option. Yeah.
0: Uh, certainly. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next email because we spent some some time on this one. I didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. Greg.
2: So uh, James, but from not Kentucky. Me. So it's certainly not <laughs> our James here, uh, right? Uh, so long time listener, although I have missed episodes occasionally. Making up, this for, <laughs> making up for that by supporting your great work through Patreon. My question is about Retro Studios and what they may be working on. Oh, this question. Uh, no, <laughs> resurfaces again. I would say it never gets solved, but it fucking well does. Uh, Retro's <laughs> Twitter feed seems to speak a lot about barbecue. And on their <laughs> website, they say... Quote, veteran developers and talented recruits alike had yet again been lured into Retro's break room by the smell of freshly delivered barbecue. Waiting in line to heat brisket on their plates, it wasn't long before everyone was excitedly sharing their latest ideas and stories. Dot, dot, dot. With brisket being a cut of primal beef, does this sound like a hint for a new Prime game?
1: Any thoughts? Well, or maybe oh. a, a, a remake of Primal Rage, maybe? Yeah, that's it. They've, <laughs> they got, they've, they've, they've secured the
0: Primal Rage. It's, it's actually the Primal Rage 2 that never got released. Um, go. That one had human human characters in it, because yep. that's what you want out of your Primal Rage is humans. <laughs> um, I, a- has
3: I there Has there ever been... Uh, kind of a tease like this from anyone from Nintendo like uh, for, for a future yes. project.
0: Retro, retro teases like this all the time but it doesn't mean anything. Like right, they're just, it doesn't They're just mean screwing anything. around.
3: The, the lawyers, Nintendo lawyers won't let them, right? Oh, like, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that you, you wouldn't... It would,
0: anything yeah. like this would come out of Nintendo's social media arm. It wouldn't come out of the individual studios. Right. Um. Uh, but like, I just appreciate that they did it. That they... that. So I don't think that I I would entirely believe that they did not think about the prime implications of showing someone with brisket. I think I think that the internet is so lost its mind about what Retro Studios is doing that they like brisket's a prime cut of beef. Is it Metro Prime Four? It's Metro Prime Four, isn't it? And it's somewhere there is a person who is so intimately convinced by the fact that people in Austin, Texas, eat barbecue. You know, <laughs> one Y'all, of the barbecue capitals. It isn't <laughs> It's like it's it's a place known for its barbecue. Yeah, they eat a lot of barbecue. Um, are like somewhere has someone has become convinced that like this image of people eating brisket is the coded message that only they see to prime, mm-hmm. and their dog tells them like Metroid Prime Four is coming in 2018.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it is only barbecue,
0: and and like so yeah. Sometimes a barbecue sandwich is just a barbecue sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all I'm going to say.
1: It's like they have to, they don't really have anything else that they can tweet about, so, or yeah, write about. So just,
0: mm, yeah, so yeah.
1: I, mean I was going to say, I mean, a bit
2: ago, I think, was it February, um, was like the three-year anniversary of Tropical Freeze, I think? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, if you told me you know, when that was coming out that you know, more than three years would elapse and we wouldn't even have any idea what they were working on next... I would have been surprised. I mean that that is mm-hmm. that 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 is a long time to not even know I... what the project is going to be because we kind of felt like Tropical Freeze. Oh, you know, it's like something you know that they could do on Wii U that was kind of leveraged off what they'd already done on Wii as a sequel. You know, maybe not too like crazy ambitious in scope or anything like that. And then you know, like a, a sort of a more substantial Wii U project would follow. And of course, the Wii U's life cycle has been kind of truncated and you know not successful. But right. you know, so it kind of threw a wrench in that maybe, and that's sort of part of the reason, perhaps. But still, I mean, th- you know, more than three years and not not a peep is um, a little bit surprising to me. Um, and may, it may may be concerning. I don't know.
0: <laughs> so I, I think what what it tells me is that it probably was a Wii U project. It's probably now a Switch project, which means they couldn't show it until they had shown Switch. Mm-hmm um but it's also probably not a 2017 project because we can look at the end of nintendo's calendar this year which is where it would be it would be an end it certainly wouldn't be yeah in if, like if you talk about summer. something
2: that's going to be announced at e3 presumably you know for the yeah. first time ever we would know of this game and right. their it, would be, it, it would be it would be at the that.
0: latest november or mm-hmm. at the earliest november yeah the and, earliest yeah we look at what they've got coming out, and we go, no, it's obviously Which not Which,
2: cool. to be fair, I mean, that is what happened with DKC Returns. Like, that that right. was, you know, a game that we didn't know about, and then it turns up at E3, and then it's coming out you know, in the succeeded holiday season. But very different.
0: We know different, it's coming out right now. Very and different
2: like, time for Nintendo, you know, that, that sort of um, mid-to-late Wii period. Um, yeah, and
0: uh, Nintendo is still quite insistent that Xenoblade 2 is coming out this year. Yeah. And yeah, so the like,
2: Nintendo okay. of Europe kind of somewhat conf- the quote unquote well, uh, sort of restated. I think is probably yeah. the, the best way to put it because uh, confirm is too strong. But yeah, you know, been... it's, it's kind of interesting they're even restating it at all. Considering it, it feels. I, I, don't, I mean, look, it's... we had we had Xenoblade, Chronicles X like, you know a, a bit more than a year ago. Now I've had Zelda. I mean, I don't know how much more epic I could take in a, take so, in a couple so,
0: of years yeah. like we we know Blade 2, and we know Fire Emblem Warriors, and we know Mario. It's like, well, we know Retro's game's not coming out in November because, like, mm-hmm. why? Even if it's done, Nintendo would go, like, well, I guess let's it wait.
2: somewhat depends what it is. Like, if it's some, you know, other multiplayer focused game, like, obviously, we've got ARMS coming, and then we've got and Splatoon 2 coming, And
0: Mario but- Kart 8.
2: America. so that the early part of the year is 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 flush with multiplayer titles. would would they want another one maybe for the end of the
1: year? Yeah, yeah. That obviously does not fall into that the could be, Prime sm- but that brisket. could be
0: Smash too. Like it's it's all It also
1: tells you what games that they wouldn't be making. They wouldn't be making a racing game. They wouldn't be making a first person shooter. You know, right. So what is it going to be? Metroid Prime would fit in there.
0: Yeah, but anything would fit. I mean, you've you've left themselves a tremendous amount of flexibility in what it could be. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, they've only shown what are allegedly 2017 games. And so, so at this point, I'm just assuming this is a 2018 game. Because it, it doesn't seem like it fits in the holiday season, which would be the only thing they'd show at E3 for the first time. So it makes sense at this point they haven't shown it. Like, it, Nintendo had this weird crush where they said, Wii U is dead, stop making Wii U games. And that meant a lot of these things got shifted to 2017 once Switch was out. And, you know, I think when Switch was first shown, we said, like, well, wait, they've been working on games forever. Why aren't there more of them? And, you know, in the moment where it was just, like, Nintendo showing Nintendo stuff, it, it, it certainly does feel that way. Like, there should be more of these things. But when you try to find holes to release a game in, it, it kind of breaks down a little bit. You're like, well, would you release a big AAA title alongside Zelda? Hell no. Like, nope. you're sending that game out to die. Um, would you do it right alongside Splatoon? Not in Japan. Um well, would you want to or would you want to wait until there are enough switches in people's hands? Like the advantage of Zelda is Zelda's going to sell forever. Yeah. Uh Metroid Prime, if, let's say it's Metroid Prime 4, Nintendo does not expect Metroid Prime 4 to sell forever.
2: <laughs> well, they um, certainly shouldn't. They
0: would they would expect it to sell to do the norm more nor, normative AAA behavior and sell its sell its allocations and maybe then just be a trickle seller from that point forward just based on Metroid's yeah. past. So, like you wouldn't want to put that game out in a slot where it's going to get mauled. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they're doing something new, too, it's like a new franchise or whatever, they probably feel the same way about it. I just don't think it fits in 2017, even if it's done. Uh, so, yeah. they they probably just don't want to show it to them.
1: Yeah, they don't need it. I mean, uh, just looking at Wikipedia, apparently in August 2015, um, Nintendo said that they weren't sure what Retro was working on. Or that, I mean, they obviously know, but in terms of what they could confirm, they couldn't confirm anything, and that was a year prior to that, they had said that they were working on a new game, so it sounds kind of like they had something in development, and then it was like, like you said, James, full stop, reboot everything, yeah. take whatever Does you're this doing. Does work on Switch? Toss, yes, toss whatever you have and redo it on Switch, and just here's your new specs. Right, you also whatever. wonder whether you may have had some kind of
2: false start with development on something that wasn't even really about the platform. It mm-hmm. Sure, it could have,
0: it just, could have it just been didn't work out.
2: Could have been creative, uh, you know, or, or whatever, you know, sort of um, maybe just not enough confidence that it would work in the marketplace, who knows. But, um, you know, it wouldn't be the first time with Retro, of course. You know, it was with no. five games originally or whatever, and then a whole bunch yeah. of them got cancelled yeah. until, like, Metroid Prime was the only one left standing, really. Project yeah. Phoenix, or no, it might no, that was, Capcom. Was, that, was Capcom before, right? that
0: was the Capcom, was, but it was a car seven? combat
2: game and a
0: sport game. So it's red meat, and red meat is is the kind of game that a car combat game is. Therefore, that's what this game is. <laughs> car combat is back. <laughs> My dog told me so.
1: Raven, Raven Blade was
3: the role playing video game. Oh, right, right. Yeah, oh. the, the barbecue is just like they're in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: they're 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 not just in Texas; they're in Austin, yep. Like a city known for its restaurants. Like, yeah, they're just yeah. like they just like barbecue.
1: Yeah, you'd see the same thing if they were in Kansas City. So
0: yeah, oh yeah, so. totally. And and to John's point, what else can they put on their website? Like <laughs> Nintendo yeah. not going to let them put shit about a game that's not announced. But, I, mean,
2: yeah. at, I I get the it's probably some sort of in joke. Um, there's probably some some component to that that makes it funnier to the people that work there. Um, Well, like, I I I want to say,
0: I want to say, like, at one point their security cameras were somehow, like, determined that because they streamed to the internet and people were able to find them. So they just put stuff in front of them. (laughs) Like, they, they, like,
2: like they know, they know. I guess, I don't know how strongly James feels about this personally, but I guess the the sort of obvious uh, kind of question that goes along with this is, do you want it to be another Prime game? Do you want it to be another Metroid game at all? Or and, do you want it And to the be funny thing else? is,
0: I liked three. And I, I know I'm in the minority. I hate two. I think Metroid Prime Two has so many decisions in it that are just baffling that it makes me crazy. But I really liked three. I yeah. still don't want. It. I still want them to do something else. I don't want them to make another Donkey Kong game. I yeah. don't want them to make another Metroid game. I want them to try something new. And, I, and I
1: agree. I, I agree. Be- as much as I want another Metroid Prime game, um, I'm not. I don't want RetroTube to be just slavishly churning out. You know, these Metroid, Metroid Prime do- games. Kongs. Yeah, like
0: Crossover. Crossover game. Done. We're done. Yeah.
1: And, and who <laughs> says kind of who says that a Metroid Prime game would be I mean I don't know. It's not the same people.
3: Yeah, and it would be hard to recapture that feeling from yeah, like when we first years. played
0: it. Yep. It's been ten years since they made one of these things. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. But I I I have faith that whatever they're making will be a well made game. Clearly made by professionals. Um, <laughs> wow!
1: Whatever, I would accept nothing wh- less.
0: Whatever that is, we'll find out. But it's got nothing to do with brisket. <laughs> All right, John. John, would you care to read the next email? This right. that one's from Jonathan, by the way.
1: Okay. All right. So from so Jonathan writes. So this news that the switch will start displaying your playtime for games after a week has me thinking that their their ability to reinvent the wheel when no one wants them to is a borderline superpower at this point. I mean anyone could pick a feature <laughs> and needlessly screw with it but it's the this it's the ability of Nintendo to find just the right features to bungle in just the right way that leaves me with nothing to do but tip my cap. Here's to
0: you Nintendo. Uh, he isn't that a question which is kind of a weird thing for listener mail but I enjoyed this and I wondered gentlemen I want you to Nintendo a feature. Oh god. Any, any video game system feature you could think of, I want you to Nintendo it for me. And I've got an example for you right now. Just add friend codes
1: to anything. <laughs> to everything. Oh, just go. To a add, yeah.
0: Just the just booting games. Add a friend code. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the answer is we don't want kids online to be susceptible to predators. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a keyboard for typing, but we're only going to give you vowels. So, I need you... Like that way you can't you can't solicit a kids' address because all you've got is the vowels. Like you can't get numbers from a vowel, so you're good to go. You, you not What are you gonna just do? Spell O E for one? No, that's not gonna work.
2: You can only communicate in names of Pokemon.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> can't do the Pokemon. They don't own them. It's, it's Pokemon got to be Mario and the Luigi characters. for some reason.
2: <laughs> a Daisy, of course.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what do you
1: got? What do you What do you got? Anything else? Um. I'm thinking of something. Um, I'm thinking of how they would how they would handle like external storage.
0: Um, oh, oh yeah, I mean there's 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 infinite options there that basically like Switch will support USB hard drives, but only as much capacity as your Switch SD card currently has in it.
3: <laughs> hmm. How about uh, cloud saves that are tied to an IP address?
0: <laughs> that are tied to the to the hardware.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cloud saves that are just yeah, like you can't transfer them to anything.
0: Oh, uh, how about releasing a dedicated portable device with no charging cable?
2: <laughs> yeah, but have uh, already done that. That's uh, <laughs> it's kind of tough to talk, to be honest. <laughs> hmm.
0: It's so, it's so just crazy anti-consumer Nintendo. Well, it's also
2: just so like, yeah, we're not preachers of the choir here at all, are we?
0: Ah,
3: uh, <laughs> really, releasing know, like. To, to save manufacturing costs, they eventually remove the HDMI output from the dock of the switch.
0: <laughs> they just they just permanently connect the cable. Yep. Uh, I I um uh, oh no wait, I've got it, I've got it. Nintendo finally goes ahead and adds streaming to the Switch. However, you can only stream in increments of five minutes. <laughs> Like, there's there's something upsettingly believable about that one that, that's just sitting there going like, shit, they could do that, couldn't they? Or or maybe it's uploaded to YouTube, but only five minutes, and Nintendo monetizes it themselves. Well, yeah. I mean,
3: that <laughs> kind of goes without, t- without saying.
0: Hmm. Damn it, Nintendo, why do you make this so easy? <laughs> Actually, Joy-Cons, they stopped selling Joy-Cons individually just to only sell them in two packs like that's the one where I'm shocked they actually did it they actually said yeah yeah, we'll sell them individually um they never released the d-pad Joy-Con.
2: that'd be pretty that'd be pretty (laughs) upsetting
0: Or, or or they you know, no, they release the D-pad Joy-Cons, but it comes in a two pack with a right Joy-Con that also has a D-pad
1: <laughs> Virtual well, Boy Joy-Con. <laughs> ooh, nice. No, they they release they release the, the, the D-pad Joy-Con, but it's actually the D-pad Pro. So you put it the shell around your entire uh switch. And the it just adds
2: bl- it on the left bl- hand side. That's not a try thing.
0: <laughs> it moves the, but- the the shoulder buttons again. <laughs> Uh, GameCube virtual console, but they never figure out how to solve the uh the analog triggers and just shrug their shoulders and go eh.
3: Or, or they release some sort of uh GameCube controller compatible with Switch and release it only in Japan through my Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, you know, they call it the classic controller pro again. <laughs> like this there's this dark thing or we can just keep making this worse if we we can turn this into more and more of just a complete anti-consumer nightmare.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think it says a lot when they come out with friend codes and I'm just like, hm, yeah, friend codes. Okay, yeah, here's, well, here's you my friend code, codes? everybody. Why would why, they not well, have one? i don't even, they, a a blank. So
3: I'm, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around that. So there, there's the, the, the friends list from Mitomo right? that are still that still count for something, yes, but there, there's no... Other way, like so because
0: eventually an, they you're, kind you're,
3: of patched in the Wii U. They patched in like being able to accept and send a friend request. So your, N, your NN
0: ID, your Nintendo Network ID, doesn't appear to actually be tied to a Nintendo account. Like they're tied, but they're not the same. So like it's kind of like you can sign in with you could sign in with Facebook to your, your Nintendo account. You could sign mm-hmm. in with your Nintendo Network ID. It's like you assholes created a network ID. That I can now use to sign into another network ID that you cre- also created. Yeah, yeah. What is wrong with that? You- you know, no, that's su- it. That's <laughs> the Nintendo feature they've bungled. Signing into their own goddamn service.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, that is kind of, I think they've suggested that at some point. Because right now, if you've made friends on like Meetomo or whatever, they can show up as suggested friends to add yes. without a code. So I'm assuming a similar thing could happen with friends that you've got on your NNID from your Wii U at some point, but they haven't put that in yet. But
0: why didn't they just merge those two and make it one account?
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's this weird, like, subset of it now.
0: It's, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty So odd. it's even crazier because the NN ID I got inherited from my Club Nintendo account. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, like, three accounts deep on this monster now. This is This is a <laughs> train I want off of Nintendo. Please help me. Please help me. I'm in some kind of, like, snake-eating-its-own-tail account system that you've created. For some things that are defunct now, Oh, Jesus
1: Christ! Yeah, they are all certainly right. well, very good at bungling it.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a hell of an email. Well, then
2: to be fair, to be, you've done all this, we haven't mentioned the fact that like the the whole the. Uh, Playtime thing—it kind of estimates what you've
0: played. Oh, <laughs> that's true. No, you're it, right. No, you're right. It doesn't actually
2: sort of it's, explicitly say. It's ten say.
0: days. Why is it ten days? It
2: doesn't explicitly say you've played for this amount. It says more than this amount of time. Right? Yeah, it's like, five-hour you know,
0: increments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, my my Zelda says. More than 75 hours. Does that mean 75 hours, one minute, or 79 hours, 59 minutes? Who can say?
1: Yeah, but then you, uh, and so you have to download the parental app, even though it won't tell you from when you started. I think I'm missing... That'll
0: tell you every month what you've been playing. Uh,
1: I mean, it breaks it down by day for me, but I think I'm missing maybe five hours on Zelda because I downloaded it late, like, that day so after what, I got Switch.
0: Every, every month you'll get, like, a digest of what, of what your child... John Lindemann has been playing. (laughs) Do you mean the Um, child?
1: My cat, what have you been doing?
0: So, like, so originally I thought the five-hour increments was some kind of, like, dumb way to keep the parental app and the the Switch in sync, because they would say, like, well, sometimes things could just get out of sync, so if, like, a five-hour window, they're probably going to be close enough. But then I had somebody check it, and they said, no, it doesn't give you five-hour ranges on the parental app. It just tells you how much the Switch has been played, not how much individual games have been played, and it gives you a pretty exact time. It was like...
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it gives you like an hour and fifty five
0: minutes. So or something Nintendo like that. Nintendo A is tracking the shit not on your system, B knows the exact number, and C does not give a fuck.
1: So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that all things are true.
0: So
1: it's, it's true facts. Like,
0: you want to give the person who's playing the game less information than the parent who's watching them, but they can't see how much they've spent on the game. They see the total time and then they get something at the end of the month so they know how much their Koopa their Bowser Junior's been playing. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, first time, that's canonically his child. For some reason. Yeah, I, I mean, the,
2: the parentage question's been out there for quite a while. What the hell is it? Has it, well, Greg? I mean, no. Like, it... Yeah, well, the whole Sunshine's all about <laughs> yeah, the Peach is Yeah, that, that's what mother. I was
3: going to say. Like, come on. Like, you, you should know better. Sunshine is all about, yeah, Peach being the mom and, like, oh, surprise twist, maybe she's not.
0: No way! <laughs> uh, I, mean, I know. I don't. I don't think. Have I stepped a, a fanfiction area that involved. I don't know about.
1: Yeah. Like, are you just? Yeah. Are
0: you just following Siren's Twitter accounts now? Like, what are we talking about here? Is this just shit, shit she retweets from fanfiction sites? Um, no, it's
2: a game from 2002.
0: Like, there's there there is like some weird everything about the Switch that's kind of amazing in in dumb, crazy, asinine ways. Where what like. Even basic shit, like why are the icons gigantic? Uh, th- that may seem like, again, that may seem pedantic, but like, why is it disc- the menu screen just like three big pictures that you slide through? And like, yeah. why is it. Why is, the, why is there, like, a weird call and response when you open your profile? Minimum like,
1: viable product, James. That's what the, that's what it feels like. <laughs> it's really what it does. I mean, but, it's but like... But we just t- talked
0: about that Nintendo may go out of their way to make MVP larger than it needs to be so they can put some crazy bullshit in there. Yeah. Like, somebody sat down for a long time and programmed a new friend code system for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Somebody had a user story for this, John? Yep. There is a scrum board somewhere in Kyoto <laughs> yes. describing friend codes for Switch.
1: Well, it could also be a kanban board, let's be fair.
0: It could be a kanban, but it was the card was probably written in 2016, John. It's probably just it's probably the same one from like 2006.
1: This is true, somebody argued for this point in a meeting with people.
0: With people and won. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: they, they argued for it and weren't fired, instead
1: they won. And it would lead me to believe that it wasn't even questioned.
0: Yeah, probably wasn't. They they bought equity stake in a mobile game company to A, get into mobile, and to B, make an account for them, and said, nah, Frank codes.
2: Yep. Uh, and this. Uh, I, I do, this is one of the few cases where you know, somebody like Reggie actually was pretty – you know, uh, unambiguous at one point. The, like, friend oh, codes you, are gone. It, it ain't going to be friend codes. But <laughs> but, yeah. I think it's just friend codes, as we've sort of touched on, but uh, it is what there. The f- <laughs> they're, what
0: they're the there. fuck is this world we're in? Also, you can only have 100, because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever.
1: Mean, the thing is, friend codes, too, they're actually the best way to kind of get somebody added to your friends list because they're guaranteed list- to have a friend code, but they're not guaranteed
0: to necessarily have, been, have played mm-hmm. in Mitomo. And here here's the fun thing it's just Mitomo. It's not the fire <laughs> emblem one because exactly. the fire emblem one lets you add friends randomly cuz it's just people who 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 you paired up with. Uh, so they couldn't do that one cuz then it'd be strangers. Yep. Stranger danger. So it's like so sure, Mitomo is because because you have to link some other social media account together to get Mitomo to work. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is this is a chain or I had to get a social uh, so I used my Nintendo network ID to sign up for Mitomo. Then I used another account, I think it was Twitter, to add friends from Mitomo. So ultimately, this is just an expression of people I have I have mutually followed on Twitter.
1: Mhm.
0: To so fu- fuck me. <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo why? Why is it got to be like that? Why is it got to be Somebody has yeah. a diagram, John. There is a diagram in someone's office showing how this works. Somebody
1: is putting that on their resume.
0: Nintendo paid millions of dollars to buy steak in a company who made that diagram, <laughs> specifically to have them make that diagram.
1: I am as baffled as you.
0: <laughs> John, this is upsetting to me. Why can't we not just end the show now? <laughs> you know. All right, that's the end of the show this week. I'm mag- I'm mad. I'm just, now I'm just upset. I've upset myself. Um, as a developer, this is a very upsetting conversation to have. So I'm sure Nintendo is going to have a new feature where they just remind me of this forever. But if you want to remind us of this, if you want to send us your crazy Nintendo ideas, or even worse, actual Nintendo ideas, or send us your friend uh, code, or send us your friend <laughs> code, you can send it to RFN dot com. Ah. I had a little nervous breakdown there, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna go look at the friend code screen and just yell at it. Um, so, do we have anything to plug this week? Besides, we still don't have a retroactive topic. We don't. Okay, so Greg, you uh, you you gave me the choice of music this week because you, ex- you go I did. Could you and explain well, the, what we're the premise,
2: doing? The premise with this. Well, this week we had the sort of dueling announcements of. The Seiken Dead Sets collection for Switch and mm-hmm. the uh, Radiant Historia sort of remake for 3DS. Um, yep. But we've used a, a Secret of Mana trap before, whereas we've not used anything from the uh, Yoko Shimomura composed Radiant Historia soundtrack before. I know you I remember well. Uh, you talking about playing that game back when it came out in 2011, so I thought I should yield, uh, to your familiarity with the game, and then pick, uh, I knew you pretty much couldn't go wrong, so, uh, here we go.
0: Yeah, I actually had a hard time with this one, so I'm actually going to go with the, uh, from the Radiant Historia Piano Selections album that came with the launch edition of the game, uh, the song Historia, which is the, actually the credits theme of the game, but that's vocal, so we can't use that because we might get hit by something. So, On that, it's time to end the show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Later. Bye-bye. Like so, because you have your Game Boy Color, your Game Boy slash Game Boy Color games, and those are eight bit, but kind of in the Super Nintendo style. Yeah. Uh, um, so are they really on the stable to stand on their own? Eh, not really. You have Minish Cap, I guess, but that's not really an iconic game in the series. Um, so you know what? What's your what are your other skins? I think that's where that game would really struggle. And and how could you make them fundamentally? Different?
2: I think I think um, sort of kind of t- touching on some of the sort of parts of the series history. I kind of feel like if a game's due for a remake, um, I think it could be uh, Link's Awakening*. I know it kind of had one with the DX version, but even then,
0: that game's twenty years old. That,
2: yeah, that, even the DX version's really getting up there in years. There. So, and I just feel—I mean, it's, uh, it, it stands up really quite well. Oh yeah, but, it plays great. But it, you know, I do feel like it could benefit of, of all the games that's out there. You know, that have. have been, what is that noise?
0: I don't know. Either
3: either John's cat or John is snoring.
1: Was my cat? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so now no, you can I'm you hear now... that? Sorry, man. Oh, what was it? <laughs> it was i just through, it's
0: like in my head. <laughs> oh, it was your cat. Okay.
1: Uh, yep. Well, oh, that's relieved. thing. I'm, I'm laying like right, right down beside him. I'm I'm just oh, okay. relieved that other people could hear <laughs> that yeah. a sort of subtle
2: quality to it. I'm like I'm not sure.